0: Welcome to uh, another recap of Movie Mumble, the recap for the end of 2018, the recap for our holiday cycle, our Halloween cycle, and our... uh, Favorite cycle. Fifth cycle, was that? Favorites? Yeah. It's got a lot of work to do, Um, and it is also our last recap. Last recap. On the one hand, I'm proud of how quickly... Joel decided to do that, and then how quickly Tim picked up on it, and it all came together naturally, like you practiced it. I, I, it was an on the other hand, agreement. On the other hand, uh, you know, a few more brain cells jump off the ledge every time you do that. Um,
1: You've got a growing list of what not to say, because yeah. this will trigger Joel to whisper it. Yes.
0: When we began, the recaps were a wonderful tool for us to revisit films that we hadn't seen in a little while, to, to say things that we'd only thought of in the interim things that hadn't come up during the original podcast but in that time we've adjusted so well to discussing these films that we've often felt lately there isn't a lot more to say Mm -hmm. when we come around to the recap that enough of it gets said in the main episode that setting aside an entire stretch of time and indeed taking yours listener for a An anemic recap is (laughs) really not worth your time or ours. Mm. So, this will be our final recap. It has a lot of work to do, not only as the final recap, but but also because it spans nine films. Damn. So, uh, a worldly send off, I think. Yeah, for Mm. sure. Those nine are our favorites. Joel picked Witness. I picked. Witness? No. God. (laughs) I am mixing up my Harrison Ford crime (laughs) movies. My deepest apologies, (laughs) sir. Fugitive. Joel picked Fugitive. (laughs) I picked Blade our Tim picked The Matrix. We're also going to cover our Halloween films: um, the, shining, the Shining, The uh, Donnie Darko, and The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Mine was the only one without a Lee, and the only one I remember to say Leon. <laughs> yeah, Shining, Donnie, La Donnie Darko, <laughs> Exorcist, um, and then of course our holiday films, which were Arvin Berlin's White Christmas, and. Uh, a Christmas Story Which
2: was your choice Which was my choice <laughs> Which you couldn't remember I, uh, We watched it most recently Yeah Well no I guess No not.
0: I'm Mickey's Christmas Carol yeah. Was our third one So <laughs> A lot of films to cover here uh, Maybe a little more caffeine for Scott Before we begin Or get more in.
2: whiskey
1: Yeah
0: fair We're
2: both <laughs> Let him fight it out in our bodies <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah, so the alcohol version of a speedball I like to say yeah. like Spiked coffee Ah oh, mm.
2: speedball that forgotten Marvel character who becomes Penance. Oh, so badass. God, I love Penance. It's, I've
1: been actually reading like old eh, um, uh, no, New New Warriors comics when he's still speedballing, and, uh-huh. like, you know, and it's so sad to be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. It's like if you go back and rewatch
2: Game of Thrones and you're like, oh, you poor Stark children. <laughs> Spoilers. I mean, by this point, if you haven't watched it, you're not going yeah. to. It's too late. It's too by late this point, you. if you haven't
1: watched it, you think you're better than everybody because you haven't watched it. <laughs>
0: So, uh, anyway, <laughs> how, how do we want to begin? Do we want to categorize these? Do you want to just take them as they come?
2: I was thinking we could talk about them in order, I guess. Like, we could well, do Halloween. Order and
0: then... we watched them is a little weird. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, let's do I...
2: Halloween, then favorites, then Christmas, maybe? I, that sounds good yeah, to me. Yeah, that's I'm... fine. Right? I'm
0: totally fine with that.
2: <laughs> we did not agree upon this before. <laughs>
0: no. Careful planning and preparation is uh, something you will find on many, many professional popular culture websites all around the internet.
2: (laughs) Not on this podcast. Not here. (laughs) No. So, Mm. I I think following our Halloween cycle, I kind of went crazy with watching horror movies. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's right. And Mm -hmm. I went on a pretty, pretty significant tear through maybe 20, 25 films after that. And as I am wont to do is... People who have heard my uh, discussion of Godzilla in the Bond films and those in Jackie Chan—the idea that I find something I like and I latch onto it and I consume everything I can of it—so um, I think for me, following that, if we were ever to choose again, I think my my response would be different. I don't think The Shining would be no. what I chose. I think eventually it would have been a choice us just to watch outright. Sure, yeah. But I mean, I, I went through a tear. I watched. Um, Last House on the Left, I think we discussed that at one point. We I watched, I've watched most of the Halloween films by now. I think I'm up to f- six is the one I haven't seen. So Halloween 1 through 5 and the most recent one. I've watched the first three Friday the 13th movies. Mm-hmm. First two, Nightmare on Elm Street. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think uh, coming... Coming at Halloween movies now, I think the first Halloween would have been my, my choice. Mm-hmm. Just because it, 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 watching more of the genre kind of solidified more of that kind of um, Halloween ishness that we yeah. had talked about. The idea that.
0: Certainly. Yeah. I need to see more of those old ones. Mm-hmm. It, what has occurred to me very acutely since we watched our Halloween films, probably just because I was thinking about it. Was that I don't think I've seen a proper 100% slasher film from start to finish. Because the slasher was such a. It made its own subgenre, so well defined, that its influence has cropped up in a lot of places, but by people who assume you've already seen slashers. That's so it shows true. up as one piece in a more complex puzzle. And I don't think I've ever actually just watched a film that from start to finish was. I think the closest I've ever come was to Terminator. <laughs> In the sense that it's this, you know, unstoppable thing that just keeps showing up again and again and again. That for other, like The Terminator, that's one piece of the puzzle, sure. But there's action, there's a car chase, you know, there's more going on. I've seen horror films that take their cue from Slashers, but I don't think I've ever seen one just as is. The closest I came otherwise arguably could be It Follows. Yeah. But I did not enjoy that at all
2: right i, I think we discussed um, that yeah
0: so i would want to i want to see them of the originals now
2: i think there's an argument to be made that alien is a pretty good slasher huh. i think it has other elements to it but i loved alien yeah. so i mean
0: so i it's similar to that my question to you is does such a film exist because occasionally that's happened to me where i've um i'm trying to think of a good example i guess but uh let's just say spy movies, that we're watching, you know, Archer, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, Get Smart, or what have mm-hmm. you. And that they're riffing on the, the smooth-talking espionage code word The archetype, up. yeah. But that then, whenever I do go watch the originals, I find out that those are, like, maybe five minutes of movie, and the rest of the film is just, like, forgettable. Or just completely different in tone. I find out that this supposed film, this supposed progenitor... Doesn't exist, right. and that's just the one piece of something else that became popular. I, so my question to you is, is there such a
2: film? It's probably Halloween One. Okay, it's it's the movie that ended the sexual revolution. I think that's 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 mm. it's highest <laughs> credit. Wow. it it, it yeah. defines the genre. It it defines the the shape. Yes, yeah. is how they describe the the, the faceless killer who mm-hmm. doesn't speak, doesn't emote. You don't understand why just sort of arrives. It's doing what it's doing, and it it's. Mm-hmm. It holds up, man. I, mm-hmm. I I was really impressed upon first watching it.
0: Well, that's got to be my next. My it, next
2: yeah, it, I think it'll make its way on the podcast at some point, point. Mm-hmm. and that would have been my choice. Would be yeah. Halloween one. Cool. And that I mean the the different like if we talk about famous slashers, um, Freddy. Kind of, because it's a dream thing, each each movie takes a different take, and it, it, it's. You, you know mm-hmm. exactly who Elm Freddy Street, is right. yeah. yeah, you know who Freddy you know Krueger is kind of what his MO is right away what I found with not... Friday the 13th and Jason is it, it takes a few movies to get to that archetype the idea of the mm. dude with the mask and the, the machete the, what yes, we all imagine yes right
0: because the first one is there's another character who is has an equally large if not bigger role yeah. than Jason himself right mm.
2: and that's something I didn't know going in I was and expecting hockey mask in the why, first
0: one was why I asked you yeah, know, was does this slasher exist? Because I went to the first Friday of the thirteenth expecting that and then it wasn't. And I went, Whoa whoa, this one piece exploded, but where's where's my film?
2: See the yeah. thing the, the the endearing thing about Jason, if you can call him endearing, is that he's kind of a goofball. He he's this supernatural force and he kills you. But in the early films he's kind of bumbling and he kinda of scooby doos and Mr. Beans around and <laughs> falls into stuff and like mm-hmm. he, he, he seems like a guy so he's already that early is playing a variation on the theme of the slasher shape because michael myers had come before it mm. so I, I think even as early i mean horror largely is dependent upon uh adaptation and self reference mm. i mean that that's that's the whole genre and so it it's if if there is a progenitor a a, a Slasher quay slasher slasher as it is that that's probably Michael Myers and Halloween one.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, it's so good! I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am.
0: <laughs>
3: I. Oh, is, I, yeah,
2: sorry. No. Si- since watching Donnie Darko. Yeah. I I almost uh, immediately afterwards started reading a new comic book series called Paper Girls, which deals with time travel Ah. and plays with it in a similar way to Donnie Darko. And I remember texting you and I was saying, the only reason I'm following the timeline thread in this comic book, which is really good, I recommend it wholeheartedly, is because I had seen Donnie Darko.
0: And This is going to gain us a lot of fans and lose us a lot of fans in (laughs) one sentence here, but I read Homestuck and Mm. mostly enjoyed it. I... The problem was that it took a gap for a while to finish it, mm-hmm. and the gap was long enough that I sort of forgot things, mm-hmm. and the thing was so long that I couldn't read Like, Like if the seventh Harry Potter book had had its last four chapters delayed by six years, right. Right? Like, it's like, i am not going to go back and read all these books? For... That was the only, only thing that caused me a problem <laughs> yeah. with it, otherwise I enjoyed it thoroughly. But, oh my god, most complicated time travel I have ever seen in anything ever nothing else has come even remotely close mm-hmm. but once i had an explanation it helped me understand everything else i've watched films that confuse people and i'm like oh no it makes perfect sense because right. i've had the more complicated version and i i was glad to hear that Donnie darko had done that for you yeah that when it comes to time travel and fiction the more you understand the easier it becomes to understand which is a dumb sentence but yeah i just that, that was sort of that was satisfying to me that Donnie darko had stuck enough and had been clear enough for you mm-hmm. that you were able to apply it
2: that's the thing like time travel movies in particular are really interesting because one of the best time loops is bill and ted's excellent adventure mm-hmm. that time loop works and it's so perfectly crafted mm-hmm. and you wouldn't expect it from this stoner bro film like it, yeah. it's, it's so tight and well constructed mm-hmm. i mean even back to the future has more gaps than that yeah <laughs> And I mean, throughout three films, when they yeah, weren't sure. really planning on stuff coming afterwards, and two and three, two does all of its work setting up three, like it's this yeah. this whole. Sure, but in with the that. In a
0: sense that the time travel isn't just being used to set up something entertaining, but that it's being treated as a serious, you know, reality. Right, and and there are both kinds of film out there, and they're both great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you once you get one, it helps you get the others. So that was that was nice.
2: Similar thing to... We we've all seen Arrival. Now. Yes. Yes. Similar thing to that, the time in that is very circular and satisfying. And so uh is Live Die Repeat um,
0: Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. It's let's be real here. It's a real name is Live Die Repeat. Well I
2: I had trouble getting it on Blu ray because they filed it under Live Die Repeat. Yeah, that was
0: what they wanted the name to be, and hmm. I forget why they changed it. I think it was something to do with a translation in one language, like made Live, Die, Repeat sort of socially uncomfortable I or an issue with the censors or who knows I don't know whether that was real or not but yeah the point is they wanted it to be Live, Die, Repeat and had to change it and if you look at any DVD box it's just, Live, yeah. Die, Repeat which was their like advertising I, I... slogan is now on the box in huge letters and somewhere on it might be the phrase Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> um, I speaking of Arrival that I did thoroughly enjoy it but it disappointed me slightly in a way that's not fair to the film because so many other movies have toyed with that time loop idea in order to explore the time loop Mm -hmm. and its ramifications, and Arrival smartly sidestepped that. It said, no, 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 plenty of other films have done that. We're going to focus on something else, and they did, but I spent the whole movie being so excited about their time loop that to then not have it at the end left me just just ever so slightly cold. (laughs) what another film that did the same thing but in a much more egregious way was Black Mass Johnny Depp was in that mobster yeah. movie and what that was was I felt like they watched all these other mob movies Godfather Departed yada 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 and they said they've done this to death right mm-hmm. we've seen the the execution we've seen right. the testimony you know we've seen all the stereotypes so I said let's not tell those parts of his story let's tell the other parts great I admire that well the other parts were boring as shit right mm-hmm. and they were horribly disconnected they didn't interact with each other in any way. There wasn't always cause and effect. It was just like here's some bullet points off the Wikipedia article acted out by good actors. And it they did it, it was much worse in that case than
2: it was in Arrival. Arrival was It's more there, of case or like a character study than it is a yeah. movie. And yeah. I mean, it's really hard to, to, to compete with the departed. Like that that, mm-hmm. that that's the definitive you know, that I still haven't seen. What? I, I keep starting it and then
0: sort of whenever I I start it when I'm not in the mood for it, if okay. that makes sense.
2: It's my favorite Scorsese. Like, I sort of like, am
0: undecided about what to watch tonight, and I'm, like, on Netflix, and it just shows up. Oh, I'll put this on. And I, don't want, I don't want to focus this much, you know. And I just, for whatever reason, I haven't got through it yet. <laughs> the
2: amount of Boston in that film yeah. is painful. <laughs> <laughs> Irregardless. Irregardless. Um, yeah.
0: I, I want to step back to, um, well, back to Donnie Darko, yeah. in, in a way. I, that would absolutely still be my Halloween pick, but we've and it's partly because of your explorations Joel but also just in general we we've focused more on horror lately mm-hmm. my life too i just i've been reading about horror films and etc but i would not change my pick because Donnie darko is i mean okay you can argue about if it's a horror movie if you want go ahead and i don't care um i don't i wouldn't call it horror but still my halloween
2: yeah no, right, something it's, it's about definitely it definitely went right. to the the date yeah, for
0: sure. certainly but if we want to touch on horror for a moment which is going to come around I mean I think we talked about doing genre picks at some point maybe genre cycles on the one not case, as quickly as no, we've done these last no, two no, not as, not as special separate <laughs> cycles <laughs> just in the way that we did our favorite cycle right. and it was kind of always settled that I'd just pick Alien but now that I've just explored more and been reminded of other things I'm thinking about a thriller called The Invitation Oh, which okay. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitch perfect. I will never stop praising that film, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to say a word about it now because we're going to watch it blind. I haven't seen that either. Um, okay. I, but, was that on Netflix? Uh, yeah, I think, I think yeah. you told me about that, mm. and I put it in my
1: queue, and I never got around to it. So, well, good. I'll, I'll I mean, wait if it's when. I mean, it's I might right
0: not pick it soon, so, mm-hmm. you know. But, but just, it's funny because it struck me during our conversation about The Slasher that even though that's a, a slow burn psychological thriller, there were certain elements of it that engendered the same kind of tension that I am hoping a slasher will, that the slasher elements other films do, just the, the, the standing on the cliff edge sort of tension, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. the precipice of something just cracking, but that in a slasher, in, 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 the, in, in The Invitation, or even like Get Out, was a similarly pitched, or The Witch, yeah. it all, it's one big build all right, the right, way right. up to the top of the film. But then in a slasher, it's a bunch of smaller moments, right? Again and again and again until they leave you exhausted and breathless at the end. Is my the film I'm hoping for out of a slasher? I guess. When
2: we watch Halloween, <laughs> I think you will definitely identify with the suburban setting. Oh yeah, and because it was filmed
0: not <laughs> uh, in Thousand Oaks, but no. very close. Of to course it was. I, <laughs> yeah, it,
2: it, it's just this yeah. really accurate snapshot of suburban in like, California yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean it's not set there, it's set in yeah. like the Midwest, but uh, it's, so it's yeah. just we'll like
0: see. but yeah, yeah yeah I th- yeah I think the more you tell me, the more happier I think I'm going to be. So.
1: It's interesting really
2: within horror. a genre with so many subsections. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things that I gravitate to, or you gravitate to, because yeah. you didn't like The Shining, and that's, that's yeah. fine, you're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> that's like, fine, I'll take that criticism. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a big fan of The Possession, or the... the um, Exor- not The Exorcist, but... Um, well, no, like, The Exorcist is a good example of it, just the idea of the child right. possessed Right, because we talked
0: about how much that eschewed your expectations.
2: Well, no, it wasn't even about the film. Like I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I had seen a lot of the. You were, you were spilling today. My
0: ice just like turned sides completely. <laughs> just sloshed a bunch of it out. Sorry,
2: this is a drinking podcast, the drinking man's podcast. I have the, uh,
0: I have the drinking problem from the main from airplane today. <laughs> um.
2: But j- just like, like I'm saying, in in the subsections of horror, the idea of what what Kubrick did didn't resonate with you at all. Yeah. And I, then like, I, I, it's creepy to watch a little kid contort and <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's, it's not like that. That was what the Amityville horror. It was like this possessed house. It was, it was entertaining to watch, but I don't think yeah. I'll ever watch it again.
0: I want to, I, I don't know if we've ever actually spoken about this either on or off podcast, mm-hmm. but I've wanted to, and you finally helped me put it into words better of with any film, when it comes down to it, the person watching, they're going to like it or not, and you really can't. They're just they're going to like some things, not others. Not it's personal sure. taste. But for some reason, it's so
2: much more
0: visible in horror than in a lot of other places.
2: I could see that, yeah.
0: You know, that people don't always hold to a genre mm-hmm. in horror the way they do with other things. Or they don't always like, you know, whatever the next big horror trending hit
2: is. Or...
0: It just—it's so—it's so hit and miss. So much more, it seems to me, than and other films.
2: That's the thing. Like there, there's campy horror that can be entertaining in one movie, like yeah. Chopping Mall*. Or then you <laughs> can watch. I mean, I—I I was talking to John about this. I liked *Halloween* one and two, but three, which is *Season of the Witch*, which is a departure, is campy and ridiculous, and I couldn't—I couldn't stand it. I wasn't yeah. a fan of it. And then I—I I came back to four and <laughs> five and enjoyed those and just just the little subsections of it and it, it's it's almost like a, a a hair's breadth between liking or disliking yeah. it's just there's so yeah. it's such a spectrum it's so of valuable. genre yeah and yeah.
0: yet it, it hasn't necessarily engendered any more forgiveness from amongst moviegoers you know that if I if you and I both really enjoy you know Blade Runner, but one of us hated uh, another film of the same ilk. That's much less likely than with horror. Is there a movie of But such it's also unforgiving. <laughs> unforgivable? You know, like, I get mad at you. How mm-hmm. could you not like that? But, like, with horror, even though it's so much more just arbitrary, people are still just as angry about it. Right. <laughs> you know, they're still just I as, mean, how volume, could you not
2: like this? That's the other thing. There's yeah. such a sheer volume of horror. Mm-hmm. I mean that's another thing is because it, it has ha- always had such an independent feel mm-hmm. the idea that scary can be done and it can be done effectively for a little bit of money mm-hmm. throughout history it, it, it just creates more films and I think it's one of the most rich in product in, in content of any of the genres just mm-hmm. by virtue of you can do a lot with one camera I mean that that's the yeah. brilliance of the paranormal activity that was amazing movies, right the, the idea first one
0: was my first true horror i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was amazing yeah everything that made that cheap also made it good
2: yeah I mean the shaky cam lends itself quite oh. quite easily to, to horror i don't know Tim, you say things now. <laughs> would would Exorcist well, still be your pick?
1: Well, well, before getting into that, like yeah. one of the things I want to touch on, like I think maybe there are other genres like this, but I feel like under the horror umbrella, you can also have like you know you could have like a sci-fi horror like right. Alien. You could have you know probably a Western horror. I'm sure there's something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like so, I think maybe that's part of it. Is it's such a broad genre? It's just like yeah, anything that's scary. But it's it's you not like you could argue that know. No Country
0: for Old Men is a modern yeah, Western horror. For sure.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Not like it's Wild Southern goth- gothic for sure. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that. That. Yeah.
0: But it's you know revolvers you know. and men with hats. Yeah. And yeah. The stalking Javier Bardem.
1: Yeah. But I mean yeah. like something that takes place in a castle with magic, you can't call that sci-fi but it could be horror if it's scary and takes place, you know, like, like, yeah, yeah, some parts of Game of Thrones could be considered horror, you know, like, you know, so, yeah, what? (laughs) So so I think that's part of it is, like, you, yeah, it's like, as long as it's scary, like, we can call it horror, but we can still explore all the other genres through horror or horror through the other genres. Yeah, Um, certainly. But, um, yeah, and then there was, uh, there was another thought I had about what were you talking about? What was one of the things you said about shit? <laughs> I had two thoughts <laughs> through this whole thing. I thought of two things, and I forgot one of them.
0: Uh, well, that's, a um, good, uh, that's a good bio quote. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought
1: of two things, and I forgot one of them. Um, uh, what were you... So Wait, it was it was like, the Exorcist, The Invitation, Oh, oh, it's close, it's close, it's close. Wait, uh, the, the slasher Oh, no, that's what it was. Yes, so with um, uh,
0: uh and he's gone again.
1: No, no, I, the the film you were just talking about with the the shaky cam and uh paranormal no, no, activity. activity. Uh, for me, though, and and this was what it was. I think for me too with um with The Exorcist or movies like Amityville Horror like any sort of haunted house or you know even worse possession film is that there isn't an escape from it you know like Friday the 13th you're you're away at this camp you
2: know um you get away from camp right you know it's like don't go to that place and you're fine
1: Mm -hmm. whereas when it's in your own home or in in your own body you know and i guess nightmare on elm street would fall into that category too it's like when you sleep your dreams you know
0: basic concept there's phenomenal.
1: um or like you know like aliens an example of the other kind don't go into space and (laughs) you won't have these aliens you know trying to but once they did
0: they were trapped in the ship with Right, right. Its own, He's yeah. saying like the the
2: can... Oh no, I you know. Can, the yeah.
1: Right. yeah, like like me personally. Like right. I I've never lived on a spaceship, so no. I can separate myself from that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, the idea, um, especially paranormal activity, because the the main female character reminded me a lot of my ex, and it was just like holy shit! Like this is this is too close. This is too close <laughs> right now. But um, but yeah, like I think that was a lot of what did it for me. Was just like this this. It's so down to earth. It's so normal. Um, you know, to to contrast it, something like Blair Witch Project, for example, like don't go into the woods looking for a witch, right. and this won't happen to you. As opposed to, we're just trying to live at home, and this thing is coming for us where we live, where we sleep. You right. know, that to me is, I think, what makes the the scariest thing, that it's mm. not something you can escape. It's not a location. It's not, um, you know, it's it's yeah, it's either your home or it's you. You know, well, let's move away. No, nope, it followed you. Like, there's no right. escaping this. You know, um,
0: that's I think what like i can see that evident in the exorcist mm-hmm. that the demon just kind of shows up in your daughter's body yeah it's oh, just like,
1: like just because of this ouija like, board it was like hello
0: this is the place to be i'm come right. moving in I'm like oh you can't just you know oh, i'm just gonna leave my daughter it's like no and then you can't move out of the house either because it comes with you and your daughter mm-hmm. like yeah that's it's sort of intrinsically tied to your very existence yeah though so the extra shift
2: like didn't didn't scare me scare me it feels so classic like it's mm-hmm. this grand old like it reminds me of Lawrence of Arabia not just because it starts in Egypt but like that grand <laughs> scale and then honing in on this domestic location mm-hmm. just it, it's so skillful in that it, it establishes the, the how big the world is mm-hmm. and then how localized and scary that it shows this specific location yeah like it it's so effective.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Then the other thought I had from before, when you were talking about Arrival, one of the things I really liked about Arrival, and and this is sort of something you know I've been kind of, you know, rolling around like the ideas of like with time travel and how how that works in films and how it doesn't work in films and how they explain you know paradoxes and loops and things like that and you know had my issues with things here and there and and how now I feel like they are starting to move to this sense of, um, you know, parallel realities, you know, which I feel like has always been the missing link with doing time travel right. Because like, I feel like even when you're, where, you know, when you kind of time travel, even like with Back to the Future, oh, well, we changed the past. Right. It still has this idea of, well, there's only one line, and once you've altered it, that's it. As opposed to, like, both timelines exist and there are infinite timelines because every time it branches off, like, you know, every time a choice is made both of those are existing simultaneously and it's kind of jumping back and forth. Um, and what I really liked about, uh, arrival was that it wasn't about, um, a machine, you know, it wasn't about this, this thing sort of beyond ourselves. It was about sort of changing our awareness, changing, changing our perspective, mm-hmm. um, of how, of how space works, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, okay, we're mostly aware of three dimensions. We're kind of do- aware of the fourth dimension, but only in one direction. Like we can't move around. Right. But then also, you know, how how that can work is that it's, you know, it's this awareness. Um, and I feel like this is where a lot of movies get it wrong, where there's a loop where it's like, oh, if you know the past, you'll try to change it. And that's where right. it's like, well, how do we justify these things? As opposed to evolving as humans to kind of know the whole circle and just accept that that's the way it is. You know, it's not, well, if I know that this is wrong, you know, and that's part of the thing is like, they're not talking about changing the past. It's kind of this awareness of the past and how it all exists kind of simultaneously. And that was one of the things that I thought was really cool. Yeah, it wasn't about, we're gonna build this machine to go back and change all the things we don't like. It's like, no, like this is just the way it is and you accept that. And I think that's, you know, maybe in essence, that's what's holding humans back to from being able to access that is that, you know we we can't look at our past with with the degree of acceptance um where we would want to change things and fuck with things and that's why it's like okay you're not ready for this you know it's not until you can look back you know kind of <laughs> kind of like as much as this gets joked about you know with Barry sticking his dick in the timeline like th- that Barry had to accept <laughs> that yeah. you know the reverse flash had to kill his mother like he had to be okay with that so i think there's that part of it of you know like this this is your whole life, you know, and it's not about trying to change it and go back to the past and creating a paradox and alternate timeline. It's just kind of like it just is what it is, you know. Um, so that was the thing that really, really stuck with me about Arrival. You know, it wasn't it wasn't this artificial thing like the the the, the aliens. You know, they kind of gave us like knowledge. And this understanding of this language that worked in this way that kind of raised humans' consciousness. But it wasn't like, here's a time machine. Go back and fix what right. you don't like. And then infinitely fuck with things and create chaos.
3: I like, like
2: the idea of them interest, having it a gradual increase, too. Mm-hmm. The idea that there's this one person who gets it. And that's kind of the ambassador. Of the idea that can they can usher in this new manner of thought. But it was never... It, it's not like Contact, which I also really like, and Contact mm. really reminded me of this, mm. where they're sending, here's... Build this so you can come and find us, and then you can join this greater like universe where, like, mm. pulling you, kicking and screaming into this larger understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's this gradual... Like, I feel like those creatures in Arrival... Are more intimately like they know more about the human psyche Mm -hmm. or other alien psyches that only think in that linear way like it 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 was like an ushering into this new wave of thought which is so cool it
1: was like the whole like it, it really reminded me on a um on a very basic level not like there were all these direct parallels but um you know, the, 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 that story like, was at Flatland or whatever. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. and Carl Sagan kind of retells that story about, you know, if you're this three-dimensional being looking down on a two-dimensional world, you know, you can see their two-dimensional world, but you're also outside of their field of experience and how they experience you as a two-dimensional slice. Right. So it's like, yeah, of course, like this other thing would be like, yes, I get what it is to be your life form and i can sort of quote unquote look down on your awareness and your level of evolution and you know but like here we're going to try to usher you in like look up well what is up you know like that type Mm -hmm. of thing trying to you know bring that awareness and um yeah, so I, I really like that and, and, and the sense of calm that they had through so much of it, you know, I think that also comes from the fact of like, you know, yeah, you know, we know one of you is gonna blow this bomb up in our ship, but it's not gonna stop us from trying to help you and teach you this stuff. Like that's you know, that's you that see, acceptance. The, the
0: question then, and the part that they ignored in arrival that I mentioned that I was like waiting for and didn't happen, was you reach the question of when you can see the future, does it become set in stone? You know? Like did they go to Earth and go through the whole giving them the language and dying because it already happened because they could see all of time and they were talking about, oh yeah, we'll need humanity's help in the future. You're going to come return the favor. It's like, but does that mean humanity already did return the favor because all this already happened? You you get that and they almost touch on it when at the end Amy Adams asks Jeremy Renner if you could see your future laid out in front of you, all the good and all the bad, would you choose to keep it? Because she looked ahead and saw, you know, having the child and her dying and him leaving her, etc, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, like, she wants to choose to go through that all anyway, thinks it's worth it. And, like, she asks him, what do you think? And he's, for him, it's just a philosophical question. He's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, sure, I think so. And she goes, okay, great. But, like, so therefore we never tackle the idea of, what if she decided not to? What if she punched him in the face and got on the nearest helicopter and just never saw him again? And they never have the kid. She never writes her book. Or does she? Because she already knows the language. Mm. Right? Did she ever meet that general? and The Chinese general? And get told about... Like, that's sort of... That was the question I thought they were going to tackle. Mm-hmm. That a lot of other films do about, like, predestination and time. And whatnot. And they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, plenty of other films have done that. But they spent so much time moving me up for it, I was sort of thrown when they didn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, I you're touching on that then yourself. Too, yeah. About, you know... How how much of being able to see the future predetermines the future? How much of it makes us think it's predetermined if it isn't? Is that predetermination in itself because we're influenceable creatures? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing.
1: Well, you know, and I and I think that's part of it too. Is like I don't think the the whole I don't think that whole scenario would have existed if she hadn't chosen that. You know, it's kind of like um, you know they were there. And again, I think that's that's part of the thing is like you're if you think of it in a linear sort of way, well, this happened, therefore this happened, right? And. You know, like, you know, it's kind of thinking of like a way, like in three dim- dimensional space. And it's kind of like, well, if you didn't have your left arm, then why would you have your right arm? And it's like, well, the two things are existing kind of simultaneously. So whether or not you have one or the other, you know, it's. Yeah. And, and I think the that's relationship like, isn't causal at that point. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Incidental. Like they're. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they kind of both exist parallel and independent of each other, but together, you know, and they're in different places. But yeah, one, yeah, it's not yeah. like. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, again, the other thing, too, is I think it doesn't discuss this idea of multiple realities. Mm. It's just one one reality with a cir- circular sort of, you know, I, I've heard I've heard to some people refer to time as being a spiral, um, which I I mean, I get kind of what they're getting is this idea of coming around. However, there's like a starting point and an ending point somewhere else. So I don't know how that makes it all that different unless you can move to jump to different places on the spiral. Like, how does that, you know, um, I, I heard
0: one. Uh, one gentleman referred to it as "Wibbly Wobbly," oh. uh, <laughs> tiny wibbly, yeah. And um, <laughs> all right, Doctor Who reference check. Okay, <laughs> it, it,
2: it is a time lord and mm-hmm. not necessarily male. Just putting that out there. That's my woke. Well, the woke
0: for the <laughs> but yeah, it's um. <laughs> wibbly wobbly. I, I like that. In some films, Looper did this particularly well. That you don't know what kind of time travel you're dealing with all at once it reveals more piece by piece right mm. right that some will oh yeah it's just we're in a different universe now mm-hmm. every time you make a choice new timeline mm-hmm. right? well, okay you're kind of free of consequences or with some of it it's oh we might create a paradox but with some of it it's every time i try to create a paradox i suspiciously die by an act of god right with yeah. others it's cetera, set cetera, self repairing. and sometimes it's just self-repairing yeah. you can commit a paradox and it just sort of Everything just clicks. Someone vanishes, and ah, eh, whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, certain movies will unfold this to you over the course of the film, mm-hmm. which just keeps you guessing. I, I think it's neat. Lupita yeah. did that really well. That mm-hmm. right. every other time minutes, there was like I was updating my rules list for time in this world. Right. And, yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, and I think I, that that's sort of what I I have yet to see done really, really well is like bringing. The idea of, of of yeah like a, a, of multiple reality to time travel and I think that's sort of one of my theories is you can't have one without the other you know like you can not
0: you see primer uh,
1: it sounds familiar
0: it was that very low budget any film that came out at one point and everyone was talking about with the I mean, I'm losing the. I feel like the I maybe
1: saw it details. around the same no, time no. I saw it. Cube. Maybe I feel like it was in that. Was room. Cube
2: good? I really want to see it. I liked it.
1: Yeah. The first one was really good. The other two were just kind of like.
3: Okay. Yeah,
1: I think the third one was a prequel, okay. but yeah, the first one was definitely good. Watch the first one. Gotcha. Um. But, but yeah, where where there is sort of like you said, the kind of no consequence because mm. you know. It, it it's almost like. I feel like when everyone writes a, a time travel story, there's this sense of, well, the humans are gonna control time and manipulate it, but they're gonna kind of bend it to their will. Or I feel like that idea of it's just like, like, yeah, time's gonna keep going, like, you no know, matter what, like things are kind of splintering off into to parallel realities and like, that's gonna happen whether or not you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you may quote unquote go back in time and create a whole other timeline, but that's just one of an infinite another timelines that already exist, you know. So it's like, you know, to me I think that's that's the, the 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 clutch of it is that like like yeah, this isn't this isn't something that like, oh Eureka, you know, you you humans are great and you you figured out to have this power over right. nature and over the universe. Like it's already happening, you know, and and you know, and um yeah, I feel like like there are things that have dealt with that, like you know, like I said, like in Flash. Most recently, that's the stuff I've been watching that deals a lot with time travel, and but I feel like it still does touch on changing things, you know, like that it overwrites and there's like, oh look, now this is the new thing that's that's real, you know, and and I think that's sort of the thing that they don't kind of deal enough with. That it's not just about moving forward and backward; it's moving side to side. You know, like, see,
2: I feel like Rick and Morty does a good job of representing the idea of That's the nihilism yeah. of mm-hmm. that the idea that Rick cares about things in quotation point, but with the knowledge that nothing matters because if nothing matters then you hold the things that you care about all the more precious because the fuck else are you going to do mm-hmm. like it's either really really depressing or you find meaning or you create meaning with the, right. the mundanity of your infinitesimally important <laughs> life in the, the construct of all of these multiple universes and I mean it's there's fart jokes and dick jokes and all that stuff with mm-hmm. it but the idea like the nihilism that it represents in that I think is kind of getting at that idea of yeah. like a, an, an awareness of there being no consequences for anything but mm-hmm. not using, I mean some of them use that as a license to do whatever they fucking want but mm-hmm. like I think Rick navigates that space in a way where the decisions he makes matter he Mm -hmm. continues to do things with morty for not just because he's dumb and he hides him from other people like you know it's Mm -hmm. surprisingly enlightened in that sense
1: no yeah you're right yeah you're absolutely right because yeah there is that sense of like when they create what is it the with the, the micro potion, oh no, number, no, no, no yeah. you know yeah. where it's like they basically they destroy burn, yeah. yeah this whole and it's just like oh we'll just go somewhere else and we can keep living our lives, you know, and it's it's really close to what their their world was, but it's not. And all those people still exist, and they're still fucked up. Like, he didn't fix anything. He didn't fix the timeline. Right. He just jumped to another one that was already no, there, you know. So, yeah, actually, you're right. I think, like, Rick and Morty probably does it the best of anything I've seen, <laughs> where it's just like, yeah, all these things are existing. And if you're smart enough, you, you can figure out how to travel parallel to them. But, like, yeah, you're not changing anything. You're not saving anyone. You're just saving yourself by and moving see, somewhere the, more convenient. The idea
2: of the organism of the, the multiple timelines, Because in that episode, they move from the Cronenberg universe to one where Rick and Morty had just died. Mm-hmm. At the point of like mixing right. the potion. But as they leave, a Rick and Morty that Cronenberg to themselves shows in. up there. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not the individual human's dominance or like imposing their will upon fixing it in yeah. their mind mm-hmm. it's the organism of the multiverse Just a bunch of places just inter- that woven. are what they are mm-hmm.
0: and just continuing to be and change and exist mm-hmm. and we're gonna just hop to one that suits us
2: how can a show that is so <laughs> innovative have such shitty fans because <laughs> that's the thing like you take the idea of the nihilism <laughs> was- of it and totally <laughs> miss the point of like yeah. This is why it's enriching is because I was going to no... say
0: how can a show combine such intelligence and such like brain dead humor That's fair too and continue yeah. to be awesome yeah. oh, everybody the sun is coming up
3: ah! <laughs> 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 It just It,
0: it manages to take both and work so well mm. Like a chocolate and vanilla swirl soft serve ice cream. cream. <laughs>
2: maybe that's what the <laughs> time is, is the swirl of the ice cream rather than a, a spiral mm. or a spring. I don't know. Maybe it might be a better segue to move into discussing the holiday films. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking about the idea of... Speaking
1: of time travel, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dude. Santa
2: Santa is not a time paradox as he's delivering presents throughout. So that that's a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of the idea of Christmas movies being this genre that only takes... Like, there, there's a specific, almost moralist trajectory to all of these holiday films. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you're, you've already stepped into the argument about, um, you know, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Right. Right, about films that are set at Christmas time but don't focus on Christmas as the main theme of the film and then films that are set at Christmas time but do focus on Christmas but don't hold the moral trajectory. Right. Or, you know, of those three things, do films that not meet all three of them count as Christmas films?
2: Right, and that, it's an interesting intersection with horror because there are horror films that are set in the summer, right, <laughs> yeah. that you could end up watching in a horror thing on <laughs> Halloween. So there's this idea of, like, the this, Christmas is less a setting for most of these films as it is the the, the, the defining characteristic of the genre mm-hmm. of film this moral tale of overcoming consumerism or like uh, finding out that family being with family is the really important thing while you beat up burglars like home Alone. like right. it's it's just yeah. it, like i don't die hard doesn't really have a moral center that way it's that you're separated from your wife because you're a misogynist right. asshole, and then you take down terrorists and kick them off roofs and, like, it's a fun film, like it's great. But like, there's there's but no, It takes place
0: at Christmas time. Yeah, and in,
2: in that Christmas serves as set dressing, mm-hmm. and a place rather than having any impact on the film. And there, I don't know that there's many more films like Die Hard. I mean,
0: I would argue The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because I can see that. it focuses on the idea that different holidays bring us different joys, but that we revere them as holidays regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, that the idea of uh, of the holiday is not in any way, shape, or form consistent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that although the joy is brought to us in different ways it's sort of this argument that it might be the same joy at the end of the day.
2: I'd argue that it's almost the same kind of moralistic tale that most that's holiday fair. movies can, might do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if we're talking about uh, holidays without movies, I mean, Thanksgiving has planes, trains, and automobiles. But that's mostly about a stick in the mud businessman appreciating the value of being home with his family, right? Yeah. Like that. That still has a moralistic quality to it, and I think it's interesting that like that's the defining characteristic. characteristic I can't say the word. Characteristic? Characteristic of the holiday film is this idea of something goes awry to make you reshape how you consider family or joy or the spirit of the season.
0: Yeah, refocus, change perspective,
2: slow down, relax. And I don't know if that that starts with Christmas Carol or like, because that's what it is, right? He's he's a miser.
0: Change your view. I will say what sort of... I kept like remembering it as a Christmas movie, and then realizing it wasn't. Meet the family. Who's the the prequel to Meet the Fuckers, I think, or Meet the meet Parents. Meet the Parents. Parents. Sure. The first one. Yeah. Right. The first one of those. Does because that
2: take place it, at Christmas?
0: No, I don't okay. think so. I, no, I, I think they go it, there because it's, like, of it's a wedding. Their, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it has the same themes of like you're meeting the other family, and there are all sorts of mishaps, and uh, you refocus on what's important, and right. like, but your wife still likes you even if you don't impress her parents, mm-hmm. and. It was so it felt so similar in its moral vibe it's sort of the whole point of the film at the end that I kept sort of mistaking it for a Christmas film Uh which I guess makes it a film I should watch at Christmas time but it has nothing to do with Christmas but because it touched on the same sort of you know liking each other despite your differences not changing to impress people and yeah the intersection of the in-laws family you know the whole drill
2: that's the thing, like Christmas would be a good catalyst for that film. Yeah. So would Thanksgiving.
0: Any reason that right. the family comes together. Right. But instead of attaching it to the holidays, they said, oh, yeah, you know, one of her relatives is getting married. Right.
1: It's
2: interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like Just Friends kind of falls in that sort of mid ground like that, too, where it happens to be Christmas. But then again, there is that sense of, you know, oh, well, you're, you know, learning to be okay with yourself and okay with the fact that you know, she didn't have feelings for you, but maybe now she has feelings for, you You know, there is that kind of, it it, it is sort of an underlying thing that, that learning a lesson, you know, becoming Mm -hmm. a better person. But yeah, it's mostly on the surface, just it happens to be Christmas. Like there's a part where they like the uh, Amy smarts father, like is the one who I think is known for having his house decorated the most. And there's one part where I forget what exactly happens, but, uh, Um, ryan reynolds character somehow ends up tearing down like all the direct all the decorations (laughs) you know and it's just big sort of yeah that sort of slapsticky mishap kind of thing um but but yeah there is there is a lesson to it so you could kind of say oh well yeah the lessons about christmas but it's but that's something that could take place at any other time it doesn't have to be christmas i would
0: even argue it's similar to meet the parents uh i love you man sort of fits a theme yeah that if the if the typical theme is the person who's too focused on their career and like learns to have a friend or have a life in this case the guy is too focused on his wife and learns to have a friend and, build a mm-hmm. life. and what's he learns what's important right you know refocuses yeah even though it has nothing to do with christmas or with careerism mm-hmm. it's uh it, it fits the same moral moral path yeah moral, moral journey of the film
3: mm-hmm
2: it's so, so interesting to think of the idea sorry just that Please. holiday films lend themselves to slapstick <laughs> you know like because it's it's always ice right where yeah. you're in the attic like in yep. Christmas vacation on the, on the yeah. ladder yep. like there's all these vacation. right like there's all of the i, <laughs> I haven't thought like of that film in a while why didn't we pick that that would have been a great one too. i don't know why
0: didn't y'all pick that <laughs> i am do- i have that no guilt here no, for story, story. No no, way. that's all
2: right why well, did thinking- <laughs> you pick that <laughs> but that's the thing like it has this idea of like it's built in like yeah. all of the elements from a movie are within the setting of christmas like you have awkward situations because you're yeah. with your parents or you're with their parents yeah. then you have this element outside of cold and slippery and the like you're fighting against that and that could be funny Mm -hmm. like it's it's an interesting set dressing i almost wonder how much of that is like you know hey we
1: have this idea for this this movie you know here's here's the script it's just like so anyway you can throw christmas into this so we can release it in december and make more money you know like like that type of thing like you know yeah well there's this guy and he likes this girl when he was a kid but then you know he was overweight so he goes to california and becomes this fancy record executive and you know and, and i think winter yeah plays i feel like more of a part in that yeah like the ice you were saying like like and mm. that was the thing too is like where you know ryan reynolds and um uh uh Anna character <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're flying somewhere and their plane had to land because there was so much snow right. and he ends up landing in his hometown you know and that's where yeah, it just happens to be around Christmas time, so where really? we get to engage with all that stuff. But it could have been in January, you know, that right. this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, February.
0: Yeah. Here it could have been March yeah. or April. Yeah. Or I ma- maybe. I guess takes place
2: between October and Christmas too. Yeah, right? but because There's of a little the school bit... year. Right, and that's that's another. And you get.
0: I remember Halloween in that more vividly than I remember. Right, because isn't it like it was October third? I'm probably
2: misquoting it. That's. October third was the day he asked me to date. Oh, right, I told him it was October third. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's wrong, so people can claw my eyes out. It's appropriate response. <laughs> October whatever. Yeah,
1: well, that's right. Yeah, because they do the the Halloween costumes, and I think everyone's like, "Oh, I'm the slutty whatever," and she like hers is an actual like creepy costume or something. Right. But then you've also got the Christmas thing when they're doing the, uh, you know, the little the the variety show or right. whatever. You know, yeah. so yeah, it does kind of go through.
2: I think um but oh, people wouldn't consider that a Christmas movie. Right. Because it doesn't have a it's more of the the high school drama, right? Uh, I can yeah.
0: hear the incoherent screaming of all six people who do
2: it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like the idea you can of hear like it
0: through time. <laughs> the Christmas Like the arrival movies. language that I learned that taught me to see it. Ah, callback.
2: I, all right, sorry. No, it's okay. No, just like the Christmas movies, new Christmas movies have a lot of up, of an uphill battle, right? The idea that either it's going to be a classic and watched every year, mm-hmm. or it's going to be eh, it wasn't as good as this other similar thing and it's never I'm watched hard again. Hard pressed
0: to think of any new Christmas movies.
2: I all. mean, they had Christmas with the Cranks was pretty recent, which was uh, probably like was eight it? years oh,
0: ago. right? Yeah. And
2: That's the thing. Like Fred Claus was in the last six or seven mm. years, and it was mm. it's a classic in my family. We watched. it. I mean, yeah. four, four Christmas, Christmas is pretty is recent. That old, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Santa Claus, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I guess it depends on of those. what you mean by old. I mean,
2: last five years?
0: Can you think of anything?
2: I, I really can't. Cause, but I didn't... Well, I mean, like, the new Grinch. Like, right? That's the third time it's been rebooted. Yeah. And that yeah. came out in October. So that's... Oh, right. Right? I <laughs> forgot about Benedict that. Cumberbatch's version of the Grinch. I didn't oh, go yeah. see it. I don't know if it was any good or not. But, like, mm-hmm. my Grinch is... Freaking Jim Carrey! I'm like yeah. <laughs> that's the one I grew up watching. I I like I'd like to see the new one, but like it, that's that's the conversation. It's like yeah. it was too early to see it. it Didn't feel like Christmas, and now it will red box some other time. Like I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah, such yeah. an interesting specific genre that's a like made or broken as soon as it comes out. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's and there's stuff like like sleeper like. Four Christmas is for you guys. You mm-hmm. guys didn't see that in the theater or anything. Right. Like somebody just like, hey, we should see if this is any good, and then yeah. that became the thing. Same thing with Fred Claus. For us, we didn't see it in the theater. We were like, Vince Vaughn's funny. Let's watch that. Like, yeah. So I, I it's it's such an interesting genre that's very specific and very similar, but yeah, it's it's very different from horror. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of subsets of it be great to have a whole lot of things set at Christmas that have nothing to do with Christmas
3: yeah
1: well the, the other one I was thinking of too and this is I think more in the diehard category is gremlins where oh I think part of where Christmas comes into play there is the idea of like this is your Christmas present was the you gremlin? know yeah well the mogwai
2: um, I'm having trouble seen seen it, thinking. So I'm sorry, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> but but yeah, like there isn't much. Well, and the other thing I thought of too, like what I was saying about like you know, did the ad exec say like let's add Christmas into this? Like, there's the part where the, the climax of the scene takes place in, like, a department store. Right. And, you know, at one point, Gizmo's driving the, the little pink Barbie Corvette around, you know. <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff with, like, toys where right. they're to- they're interacting with all these toys. And it's like, holy shit, was that a way to be like, hey, kids, tell your mom you want the pink Barbie Corvette that you saw in Gremlins? You know, like, right. like how much of the, the – were their sponsors saying – yeah let's throw all this stuff into this movie so that around Christmas time we can make people buy all this shit
2: you know oh now I'm thinking about Jingle All The Way (laughs) (laughs) yeah Turbo Man (laughs) what a movie that was Sinbad is in that movie
0: (laughs) I just remembered Bad Santa yeah there's a sequel too I haven't seen that
2: have had two of them yeah that's the thing like it, it's always it always seems like a gimmick thing it's almost like the Christmas album right these are all mm-hmm. the same songs right it hasn't been a new one in a while yeah like but you, you hear okay now Bieber's doing one now mm. 2 Chainz has a Christmas oh, album I'd I, I listen to that on repeat but like it, it always seems like this, this gimmicky thing it's like it's, it's quick dirty money quick easy money like yeah. okay this is something to do with the holidays we'll go and see it I don't know when it was Star Wars I guess I could have gone the Star Wars route since they released them around Christmas. That was, yeah. was a cool combination of things. I don't know. It, it's such an interesting season that spawns interesting, strange films. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and I think that's why kind of like we were discussing back when, when you know, Scott, when you were picking your, hol- your Halloween movie you know, it's like I, I don't think we have to put rules on it of what is right. or what isn't. Like yeah. Donnie Darko, it's it's centered around Halloween, takes place there. Like, yeah. sure, that c- doesn't a much have to be horror. More you know.
0: interesting discussion about what constitutes a Halloween right. film, With what constitutes a Christmas movie was
2: or ho- holiday movie. Sure. We, yeah, they turned it. into Christmas movies, right? No, for yeah, sure. well, just because that was our experience, right. Yeah. Right. But, right? But
0: but like we didn't have that same discussion because it was just there was no doubt in our minds. Yeah. Right.
2: And I mean, the one that would have been on the cusp would have been Die Hard, and nobody would have argued with yeah. Die Hard, because... Well, and, and that's the thing, like,
1: not I feel like way. I've had this yeah.
0: discussion with
1: people where it's like, you know, like, Die Hard isn't one of the Christmas movies I watch, but I'm also not the type of person where I would argue against it. Like, right. let them fucking have it. It's, you know, it's like, I, I don't I don't consider it a, ho- a Christmas movie for me, like, it's not one of my, on my list, you know, but... It, I'm not that yeah like not that type of person to be like well no it's not a christmas movie you know same way like i said gremlins is a christmas movie you know it's like you know and and i think yeah that's the easier thing to do is just leave the door whatever people consider a christmas movie like, like lord of the rings star wars like yeah. sure if that's tied harry into potter, your yeah. your memory yeah harry potter your experience of these films is around christmas time you know <laughs> sure like the that's harry great.
0: potter part always throws me just a little because the films released largely in november in theaters. I mean, I, I, so, I like, always they think were of Thanksgiving like, movies, but then ABC Family or whatever it was did that. their Harry Potter marathons at Christmas time.
2: I always think so of Hogwarts covered in this snow. Bipolar
0: would, identity for me, right? You know,
2: that's the thing. Like, I, I always think of Hogwarts in the snow and Hogsmeade and butter beer. Like, mm-hmm. the the experience of reading those books and stuff always felt like winter, like that yeah. winter in London, which is fucking cold. <laughs>
1: Well, and I think that's one of the things that I kind of realized a while ago, too, when I started trying to extend, like, the the, the sort of Christmas holiday season past December 25th, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because, like, when it's cold and shitty out, these are the little things we cling to that make us feel warm and fuzzy inside and then Christmas is done and then it's just fucking cold and shitty for right. the next few months it's like let's you know wh- whatever we can do to hang on to that to say you know like, like that's why I decided like I think I'm gonna wait and watch Lord of the Rings movies like in January you know as a way of kind of taking you know like what we've talked about like we're associated with christmas and those nice kind of anticipation of this coming holiday as opposed to like nope all that's done take the lights out it's just gonna be gray first we have halloween movies
0: then we have christmas movies then we have the thing and the shining right yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah like i think that's 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 maybe the core of those things is anything that makes you feel sort of good and reminiscent and you know warm and fuzzy and you know and any of that stuff you know it's it's part of that and i mean you know i think it's it's kind of weird that i guess we've built that i think it's it's sort of a a a commentary on our our society is that we need to have these excuses to look forward to and to be happy there's this event you know like like especially you know like plenty of people i I feel like are probably like me who aren't necessarily religious yet they still celebrate christmas and it's because it's not about the religious aspect of it it's about like I remember how much I loved looking forward to this as a kid and I need a piece of that in my life or why bother, you know, right. like, and, and the fact that like, yeah, it has to have this ending point where it's like, nope, 25th, like you're done, no more good feelings till next, I remember, I remember that last year, like soon as Christmas was done, I was like, I can't wait till Christmas next year. And I was like, how fucking shitty is that? That I'm just trying to like, blow through an entire year right. or 11 months so I can get back to this one month where I get to feel nice about things, you know, and, You know, and it's like, I mean, I guess it was the same sort of thing. What was it like when people are talking about, was it like maybe Veterans Day or Memorial Day? Where it's like, you know, people, you know, have barbecues and parties and it's just like, what does that have to do with what we're actually celebrating? But it's kind of like, well, people just need an excuse to feel good every now and then, you know? And it's like once a month, we need something to say like okay, I have this day to look forward to and I can do what I want to do on this. One day out of 30 fucking days this month, I can do something nice and, that I want to do. And thanks Facebook for making me feel guilty that a bunch of people had to die so that I could get a Monday off and that I'm not thanking them enough. I can't just have this barbecue guilt-free, you know. I mean, I don't barbecue, so, but, but it's just, you know, like I, I sort of, you know, vicariously feel the guilt through those other people where it's just like... How many people are posting pictures about the barbecue when they're not posted? It's like, okay, sorry, you're right. I shouldn't be happy any days of the year. You're right. It's all miserable.
2: But yeah, that's, that's what Christmas means to me. Yeah, it makes me so happy. So, sorry, please. Have you ever seen Snow Day? This might have been a little after your time. This is- No.
0: Oh, my God. I, remember I, right? I had completely forgotten okay. about that
2: movie. Snow Day was a Nickelodeon original yeah. movie. It came with a, an orange cassette tape. Which was the greatest thing? I think my sister Uh, has that. I remember the orange cassette. Yeah, so it's not a Christmas movie, but it's all about the excitement you feel as a kid when there's finally a snow day. Is that coming from a place that that
0: didn't have snow days or days off or anything? Right. It was like a mythical. It was mythical. Yeah, pop culture reality. And
2: that's the thing. Me living like, I, I. was born in arizona lived in california for a while and then i came here and there's like oh snow days are a thing like they could actually happen and there was one blizzard where we had like seven days off from school it was like oh the best so it was just like and then this movie came out maybe a year or two maybe it might have come right before it but it's like that excitement of that week is so captured in this one movie and it's one that I, I always forget about. I never watch it at Christmas, but it would be a great after Christmas movie because mm-hmm. it's cold and it's shitty, right. but it's still like childlike and cool because you you have the day off. Right. You don't have to go into fucking work, but you can you could watch this. That that maybe that'll be my post Christmas tradition from yeah. now on is watching that. That that'd be a great one for the podcast <laughs> since since you haven't seen it. It's It'd been be a while wonderful. since you'd seen. it Yeah,
0: that. that'd be great.
2: Chevy Chase is in it, being oh a weatherman, yeah. oh, it's yeah. ridiculous.
0: Right. I was about to ask, I wonder if that would hold up, and then you said the phrase, Chevy Chase is in it, and I thought, oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Spe- Speaking of things that bring joy to our hearts, our favorite films yes. definitely do, Yeah. In, in ways that no other films do at all. And, uh, you know, thankfully this podcast can continue because none of us hated each other's favorite movies and committed murder. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, got murdered, I should say. Uh,
2: I think I was under the most pressure since neither of you had seen mine. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. That was scary. But, like, again, I I always use use, uh, uh, moderation with that movie. I don't watch it a whole lot so I can forget how good it is. Yeah so
0: i I was gonna ask if um anybody has had further thoughts about anybody
2: else's film i went back and watched reloaded and revolutions
1: oh that's right i remember you saying that yeah
2: and since scott hasn't seen them we can't really talk about oh i've seen like
0: the first half of the second film about a thousand times because it'll be on tv with, you know, huge commercial breaks and it's the, the Lord of the Rings length version. Right. yeah. And I can never, ever finish it.
2: Two <laughs> has some of the best kung fu in any movie ever. I I, hmm. I really think that. And I think you really, the difference is he, him being able to fucking kick. I didn't notice that until we had talked about it. Oh, right, he, yeah. he had I hurt his back and very, wasn't yeah. able. So, like, watching it again for that is just the sequence in the, the, the cascading stairway well, and yeah. all of the weapons and just that yeah. happening, and then on top of the, the semi truck, like there's some kung fu in that movie, mm-hmm. and it kicks, and it's 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 that great thing of it's not twelve guys around and he's doing it one at a time, it's three and four and he's kicking back and forward, and it's just yeah. the choreography of that is great, and it, I. I it's hard. I, I shouldn't have brought it up. Since.
0: <laughs> you, no, you you just reminded me of Ip Man. Yeah. Martin, which you've seen, Joel. Did you ever see that? Game? No. There's it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, God. Watch it. It's it's we worth should. a watch for sure. But I... There's a section in that where he fights 10 minute once. And the first chunk of that fight is, oh, they all come at him one at a time. Right. And when I'm showing people the film, they always go, oh, yeah, sure, one at a... T-. And then there's the moment that happens where he's no longer fighting one at a time, you know? He's... He's doing more than that. I'm not going to say anything, mm-hmm. Tim, because you just need to go see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And everyone just goes, "Oh, you know that." Yeah, I just that, I, without knowing what you're talking about from The Matrix. Yeah, I can feel your excitement, mm-hmm. and, and I can liken it to something I've seen. So you're you're getting me all riled up here.
2: Yeah. I still have problems with the end of three. I I it just it's such a band aid fix. And I don't like. I really want to talk to you about it. Really? I really do. This yeah. might not have to be a, a Joel and Tim special, right? Episode, but like, <laughs> it, it, it's... yeah. If
3: you
0: guys do that, you can you can whisper as much as you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll just be a whisper exclusive.
1: Whisper exclusive. Yes! Well, Got you. I was yeah. That was weird. <laughs> I had to. I couldn't not. No I couldn't that, words let left that go. That time it came from both mics. Yeah. <laughs> Joel
2: wasn't going to start it. I, I was like, I can't let this go. The joke needs to happen. <laughs> See? Now you know Before how I joke. feel. <laughs> it, it, it's, but it's such an interesting world. And 2 does a great job of saying, you know, ghosts, you know, werewolves, you know, yeah. vampires. Those are all constructs of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It opens up this world, and it's yeah. so interesting and we don't i that's the stuff i read when they they're they're doing more stuff i don't know what it's oh, gonna that is well, something
0: and, and that's the yeah no go ahead Tim,
2: well no i was just saying like like with star wars and harry potter like
1: they open this door for all this really great like fan fiction right you know and it's just to be like yeah yes. like this you, you here's yes. this world that we're laying out for you like please yes. play in our sandbox that and like it's like, something no, really that does. In-
0: follows me about almost everything I have ever watched is mm-hmm. they set up this amazing world and then just show you the big world ending parts of it. And right. I, I, you know for one reason or another we never get more. Right? I we watched the Sky Crawlers mm-hmm. and the whole thing was the the one character and his you know journey to discovering what he is and what it can mean to have a life of that kind. And great. I I would love to just see a TV series of that with an airfield and a bunch of pilots and just See the war, right? Several battles, the stuff they talk about in the mean. Don't I don't need I don't need some overarching plot about that that as impacts the entire war effort or the end of the world. You know I don't need uh necessarily need Luke and his face off with the Emperor. Just go show me what some dudes are doing in Star mm-hmm. Wars world. Yeah, I just want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to be I mean, here. I want to live in this place. And yeah. in order to do that, to experience it, to feel it, we don't need to see the special parts. Mm-hmm. We need to see the. Not mundane, but the the typical parts, mm-hmm. you know. Sword Art Online was was and for plenty of reasons was awful about that. Was it's a anime of virtual right. reality trapped in the game, dying right, the game, right yeah, right real your life thing. About that, yeah. But right, it yeah, it introduces the, the setup, which is great. It jumps ahead a bit to some important developments with the main characters, and then it jumps ahead again to what is more than half the episodes of that first season, which are just the long full range of the end of the story mm-hmm. I threw that they were in there for more than two years I want to just watch these people quest and clear a floor like I want to be here you know right. experience this
2: world that was something that was great about the the, the uh, marketing leading up to Blade Runner's sequel mm. because they had those short anime yeah. portions and they showed us these little I mean slice of life kind of gets a bad rap as a yeah. descriptor of things mm-hmm. but the idea of the people in this world interact and that's that's the stuff about, about, about world building yeah. that I always enjoyed when I wrote stuff mm. is like this is how they talk and they talk this way and it's a matter of fact they're not over explaining it it's just you're in the world because they're just acting like they normally would mm-hmm. there's not these huge stakes it's not world ending they're not the chosen one all right. the time this
0: is what it's like to be here right to exist in this place, and
2: that—that's those worlds that are so rich and so interesting, like Tolkien's world or mm-hmm. Blade Runner's mm-hmm. world or The Matrix—is like those are the greats. You feel that it's populated. You feel right. like there are these other stories. So, like, instead
0: yeah. of watching The Lord of the Rings, I want to just sit and listen to the, to Elrond and his council talk politics for three days. Right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah.
3: I,
2: I want to know about the trade yeah. regulations of the the dwarves in that realm. Right. Like the idea that. They didn't know the Mines of Moria had fallen again. Like, the idea that they sent an expedition. Like, how are they trading? What do they need from humans? What do they need from hobbits? How are hobbits so... I mean, there are answers to these things, because Tolkien was really, really... Sure. But
3: Mm -hmm. we don't get
0: to see them on screen. Right.
3: Those aren't the stories that are told. That's That's what
0: I loved so much about uh, Fury Road. Yeah. That it felt like another adventure for Max, but not like a cool adventure, just the next place this wanderer has ended up. Yeah. The next people he has impacted. That's a good one. You know, even Alien, just the first chunk of that film is just life, in, a day in the life of space a space trucker. drugger. yeah. Yep, and that's why when it all starts to fall apart in the later sections, it really hits. Yeah. Because we're there. We're living it. Well, the, and,
1: and they had, like, the Matrix Online that came after the movie, yeah. and... You know, to to not spoil the ending since Scott hasn't seen it. But I remember seeing an advertisement for it. And there's this line of dialogue that basically sets the stage for, like, what happened after, you know, part three and what this is about. That was just like, oh, man, like, it was just, you know, like, yeah, I want to know about this. But I never at that point, I wasn't into online gaming, so I never played it. And I think not enough people were interested and it kind of collapsed. But but I also feel like with, with the Wachowskis, like, they told the story they wanted to tell. But yeah, I don't know, how How would you go about getting, you know, is it just fan fiction where you can just write a story about vampires in the Matrix and they're okay with it? Or do you have to get rights to it? Like, you know, and that's sort of the thing is like, you know, as we've discussed before, in order for content to be made, someone has to think it's going to make money, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, how to get that greenlit and, you know, is is I think part of the issue but but yeah like the fact that those and, and they do explore it i think a little bit more in the Into the matrix game mm-hmm. like Cain and abel played a little bit more of a role in that not a lot but like enough to as opposed to just mention Cain them. and abel that's right yeah well wait, that They're was in part two right right oh yeah. okay I know no they were the two when when um um persephone Look, takes if them. they
0: weren't the dreadlocky dudes don't tell me it was well no it was
1: in it was around that scene it's yeah. when 'Cause like he sends the dreadlocky dudes after them right. after Persephone takes them to the chateau.
3: Sure.
2: You will remember Persephone's neckline.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she's the the she betrays the dude. The right. right. Friends, she's dude. The wife. Yeah. yeah, right. So
2: it's when she goes into the room and there's the two guys
1: in there and she shoots one of them in the head and oh, she's okay, like, yeah, yeah. Go go tell my husband what I've done and the other guy runs off and then comes back with them. I think they don't mention in the Matrix movie that that's Cain and Abel, but that's who that is. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, maybe that's more what they mention in the the the, the um, Enter the Matrix game.
2: See, and I would have been really interested to have like characters who are hackers who understand that they're in a simulation, mm-hmm. but don't want to break out of it. They just want to adapt the simulation so that they're rich right. or that they're powerful or they're surrounded by sex right. and booze. Yeah, that's, like, our,
0: that's our Hugh Hefner and Bill Gates and Elon Musk. Right, but that's the idea.
2: That that's why they're played the game. that's why right. they have status and power in this universe is because right. they're hackers. Yeah. And that, that goes in with that like early two thousands hackers are superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just it, it and that would be something that Neo and the people trying to free people would be butting up against. It's like yeah. why would I leave? Yeah. this is a simulation but it's as real as anything else and right. I can determine mm-hmm. my worth and what I have and like, better reign in hell than int- to serve in
1: heaven right
2: thing. yeah <laughs> and that's the thing Like, what, what an interesting dynamic and that's just me thinking of what would be possible in this world that they've already created Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just so rich It's that's the thing Like with Blade Runner we don't see any of the off world colony stuff no at all which I like but but also like that's for, the, a potential. for the film itself, right? Sure. Yeah. But
0: yes, it's a great potential.
2: And I don't know if I would ever want to see, um, uh, uh oh, oh, what's his name? The the
0: Terrell Decker K. The main
2: robot, the bad guy, Roy Batty.
0: Huh? Roy Batty.
2: Is that his name?
0: That's um. I've lost the actor's name. What's now. the actor's name? The one who gives the soliloquy. Yeah. Yes, that one. The end. Yeah, Roy. That's Roy. Rutger now. Howard. Rutger yeah. Howard, thank
2: you. Like, yeah. I don't know Roy. if I would ever want to see his... Roy again? Yeah. But Or like his prequel. Right. But what a, what a story that would be. We could get... Oh, sure. And I mean, that soliloquy works because we haven't seen... Right. We've I've seen things that you people wouldn't believe. And then if we got to see him, that would kind of diminish that. But how cool would that be? Like the idea of seeing... I don't know. And seeing like he obviously there were other replicants that he was close with, and he mm-hmm. saw them die, and it, it would be almost like the opening to um, um... Saving Private Ryan. Yes, sorry, <laughs> they're all gone. Rutger Howard, yeah. and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> These are necessary <laughs> references. Yeah. But that's the thing, like there's such rich and I mean you both you guys that's... chose really rich fugitive. They they, they did a sequel and it, it, it's not as
0: good. <laughs> That's why Band of Brothers, I think, was so great for, yeah, for me in so many ways. Yeah, it's very ways. intimate. Right, that it's just this is the, the war that they yeah. went through. Every step of it, right. start to finish, even the parts with no fighting. And, and it's... Which is sort of the only disappointment about Private Ryan, is that once they're off the beach, and they have this whole continent to march across, it's, yeah, stop all of that for our movie. And admittedly, you know, it's not true story. Whatever, and it's a phenomenal film for sure. But I don't have the same problem with Saving Private Ryan because World War II has been done to death, right. and because of Band of Brothers. Right. Because if I want to go see, you know, the course of the war, it's right there, done. And so many other things don't; they don't have that. That's not a thing. Mm.
2: See, that's the other thing that both these movies, have, both your favorite movies, have had sequels. And with the sequels, it's only made the worlds richer. It's yeah. only made the possibility of those smaller, interior, intimate stories more interesting because we fleshed out the world just a little bit more. And it's just further defined that this is, a, this is an interesting place to be. This is a great place for story to happen. And that, that's so cool that you can tell your story in three films... And the world is still there, mm-hmm. like the possibilities within that. That was save. my
0: favorite part of Jupiter Ascending, was the world building. Mm-hmm. Oh my! god. I haven't seen. God, it. actually, I liked it. It was my fine. Fun. I, you know, everyone says, "Oh, it was awful." I, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. I'm totally happy with the money I spent on the ticket. It was a good time. Good way to spend the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun. It was super cool to look at. The effects were great. But oh my god, the world building! Mm-hmm. They don't spend any time on it like with Harry potter for example in the first book harry doesn't even arrive at hogwarts right. until more than halfway through yeah because there's all this explanation and detail and nah they don't do
2: that it's hogwarts by way of uh right. Hog- not hogsmeade the diagonal like right
0: no nah, i just it they don't do that in jupiter's day it's all just there and it you know for our um my lacunas who were sort of joining it, she doesn't have time to ask, but what's this? What's that? Why did we do... Wait, but wait, is this is a space station? What? Like, she doesn't have time, so we don't get any of it? But just the little glimpses we see created an entire universe full of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Bigger, much bigger in scope than the first Star Wars films had built.
2: Yeah, you see three With more locations variety. in the first. <laughs>
0: no, but even, all three of those first ones together <laughs> don't even reach... The that's potential true. to make a galaxy of the size space station that Jupiter ascending. brought us. yeah.
2: Andor, Andor, <laughs> and Hoth, Hoth, Cloud City, even
0: best I mean, yeah, we see a lot, but it's not Dagobah. No, that's nah. yeah, that's and, it. It's <laughs> these
2: tiny little. And, yeah.
0: it, and Star Wars created a wonderful, huge, you know, diverse and thing-filled world. Right. God, Jupiter ascending blew out of the water. I remember when I came out of that film, I said, "I need more." Even if I couldn't possibly care about these characters, I just I want to go back to this world. And mm-hmm. your TV series I need something, you know. That that's, was so beautifully done. That's
2: the stuff I liked about Avatar. Like, yeah. the I mean, it it's dances with wolves and yeah. it has a, it's problems with that, but the idea like how you interact with AWA and the idea of the the home tree and the idea of linking up, right. like it just it was really rich and cool and seeing that.
0: Or even just what's going on with this unobtainium, and why do we need it?
2: And what's why is on it on so Earth? sillily named? <laughs>
0: I swear that was something they forgot to do. No, it was, it was the placeholder name in their script. It took him twenty years just... to
2: make this film. He couldn't read the script one more time. Oh, unobtainium? Yeah. Do we really want to do that? I, I mean, to I... me, that you know, I like
1: to try to justify and fill in the blanks for yeah, things, I was and say I feel that. like like a lot of sort of scientific elements are named by scientists. I bet you this was named by someone in a corporation. I was going to you know, say... Their actually, relationship to it is, we can't obtain it. It's unobtainium. It has was, nothing to do with its makeup or right. anything. I was <laughs> going to
0: say that people call it whatever the hell they want, regardless of what the official name is. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Then like, it's called like the yeah. Humvee, the H M M V E, M or something, right. you know, mm-hmm. like, which just became the Humvee, which mm-hmm. became the Hummer. Mm-hmm. Right. Like... Which has no relation to the real name of the thing. So, yeah, people might just start calling it an obtainium because that's a buzzword, something that's hard to get, and it just kind of stuck as the name of the thing. But the problem is we didn't get that explained to us, whether it was my explanation or Tim's explanation or no explanation, so it's dumb. Yeah.
1: Well, I also thought of it the same way, like adamantium. Oh, the word adamant meaning hard, eum meaning something you know metal that is hard okay. yeah. adamantium yeah. unobtainium yeah. like it's like it's the same thing i feel like you know we were already prepped for that gotcha. you know
3: yeah. But yeah.
1: plus it's also i feel like yeah it's like a way more human way to relate to something like not what the thing is but how how it's related to us you know right. You know, it's it's there doing its own thing, but all we care about is that we can't get it. We want it, we can't right. get it. You know, and that's I think that was like I said, like kind of reading into things. It was I think I saw it as part of the social commentary of you know, it's like well, here's this thing yeah. that's hard to get, so we, we got to get it, even right. if it means killing this whole tree that these people live in. Fuck them. We need right. this stuff. It's hard to get. We need it. Let's get it. You
2: know, mm-hmm. what was it called? Fern Gully with a bigger budget. <laughs> that was something somebody <laughs> called it. And we're apparently getting seven sequels.
0: <laughs> now you know. Now that I am interested in, because I figure two and three you'll be sequels, and four through seven might be other stories in the world. Hmm.
2: If they get that far, I mean, I, yeah, think. we'll see. Apparently, one's supposed to be set underwater.
0: Hmm. Which, speaking of which, I am super excited for Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, I.
2: mean, I, I have mean, no I just, idea what it's going to be. About. I mean.
0: I'm biased, I just I love him as a director, so yeah. great. What else has he done but, besides... Well, Upside? Lost Jedi.
3: Yeah, besides... Oh, no, that.
0: right. Um, I'm drawn a blank, and did my he do phone Looper? is not on me, I thought he so did I can IMDB. Oh, I think he did. But I always I, get him and Gareth Edwards I'm excited Enworth's because it's up. not...
2: Like, it's another trilogy, but we don't know anything not, about it. It's not Skywalker-centric, which is Right, it's just, perfect. hey, here's
0: the Star Wars universe, make us three films. Yes, this is what we have needed for so yeah. long. Well, that's why,
1: like, I I wish seven, eight, and nine could have been J.J. J. Abrams. Like, whatever people thought about what he did with seven, Loopers. like, let him finish his story and then give and someone Brent else Luke. another trilogy. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like to sort of have that the the how jarring those two were, you know. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, this was definitely two people telling the story they wanted to tell and I mean, I know like Empire had a different director than George Lucas, right, yeah. but I think he p- probably had more of a hand in what right, was going was, on because it that was more
0: coherent it was a, a three part story, yeah. just directed differently, yeah, as opposed to Right here, that was as right opposed to like, oh, oh,
1: I'm setting up all this stuff. Nah, fuck that. Last piece. Jedi <laughs> is the most punk rock fucking movie of but, all but, time. But, no, but I mean, it's just oh. if
2: they brought
0: Johnson on and said, "Here's the story that Abrams wrote. Mm-hmm. You're directing part two. Great." But they brought him on and said, "Make us another movie." Yeah, and he went okay,
2: and they liked it. I mean, <laughs> that's why Kathleen Kennedy was like, "You get three. <laughs> that's that, right. That's the- but I just
0: it it kind of surprises me that they didn't give JJ Abrams a trilogy yeah. and then leave the directors potentially changeable. I think yeah.
2: JJ you know I mean? <laughs> underestimated how much of a shitstorm he was gonna get for just being anybody to do a new a new mm, one. Yeah. But also how much work that was gonna be for him.
0: I just think everybody underestimated how much how differently someone might strike out when they were allowed to Rust- just create from scratch the, the sequel thing. To JJ- Abrams thing. JJ did right.
2: pretty well with Star Trek and I mean th- it's a different fan base it's a different oh, methodology sure. it's this whole like different mm-hmm. thing but he's like I can do a space epic let's do yeah. it yeah. and then he's like I'm on for three and then he was like oh <laughs> shit I it's can't. like
0: with the first trilogy you know we're driving a car and although we got a different driver every time same car. And the different driver got to pick where we spent the night each night. Right. We still went from L.A. to, to New York. Yeah, one person and gave you trip.
1: directions said, here is your route right. from L.A. Right, to yeah. New York. This Take was,
0: this Abrams drove the car for a while and then just got out. And <laughs> and got, kept he rolling. didn't even get back in. Like, he didn't get in the passenger seat and say, <laughs> that's our eventual the destination, which yeah. path do you want? He just walked off. So you're like, and,
1: fuck it, we're going to Vegas. Right, and Johnson <laughs> got in the car. And it was like, eh.
0: I, I just, it's kind of... That sort of surprises me that that made it through so many decision makers. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm glad it did. I just it, it strikes for for such a, a a property so tightly controlled as Star Wars. And it is, strikes it been
2: me as surprising.
3: Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm.
2: See, and like, I'm I'm almost to the point like I'm gonna see the next fifty that they make. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, it's gonna happen because we finally get Star Wars again. But yeah. if eight was all there was, I'm good. That is a great ending. I am satisfied. I'm, so I'm done. Like, yeah. th- and just to be the greatest fuck you to fanboy theories. Just, just, you thought this was important? Mm-hmm. You spent a year wondering? No, it you, doesn't you, you fucking matter. You spent a
1: year shipping Poe and Finn? Nope. Not nah, they're just, they're just bros. Nope. Yeah. yeah. That was, for me, the biggest disappointment. It was that the makes, first time... Yeah. The, the first time that uh, uh, Poe saw Finn, he was like, "Oh, hey, buddy, how you doing?" It's like, oh, "This was this was supposed to be your, you know, your man." The the you know like the you know you you bit your lip when you saw him wearing your jacket. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you should care more that he's up and walking again. Like,
2: <laughs> there's a deleted scene of that where in that seat when he first sees him, mm-hmm. it's he's in the tubes, but he's naked underneath. Uh-huh. So Poe has this reaction like. He's like, oh, it's great to see you. See, you. oh, you're naked. We gotta get you like. So <laughs> I've always, I've always still thought that that's the thing. I think Oscar Isaac is in well, love with Finn.
1: And I, I heard a, there was a, there was an interview with Oscar Isaac where they were asking about that. and He was like, yeah, I was playing it like a romance. Like I was, I was acting as you know, like yes, like I'm into this
0: guy. You got this big problem lately, the for non-heterosexual relationships where if they're not very overt, they sort of don't exist. In in film, and that's... I think it's just an issue of the lack of maturity that, you know, having it on film at all is so new that we're sort of getting to terms with it. But, like, think about films like Pacific Rim. We have, uh, you know, Mako and Raleigh, who become Uh co-pilots. And I don't... There isn't really any hint of romance there, I would say. At the end, you know, she climbs onto his lifeboat and is worried about him. But... I've had proper discussions slash arguments with people about that, about, oh, she swam over because they fell in love because they're co-pilots, they're each other's right. heads. But I've also had the whole, no, like, they're, they're partners, of course she cares. She's worried about, you know, her partner and, and the job. They're good friends. And, you know, because there's just, on screen, uh, a relationship can, regardless of what is demonstrated physically, mm-hmm. can be representative of all kinds of relationships, you know, but that for non-straight relationships, there's either did they kiss? No, nope, they're not gay. No, nope, no, nope. it's this sort of, you know, this public perception. Like I think, if if um, Finn were a girl, we might still have people wondering. You know, ah, oh, Poe was so concerned because all their ships blew up and they're in dire straits and what you're walking, get the tubes off of you. Like, you know, you could have much more subtlety. Mm-hmm. Basically, we would have what we saw, and you'd still have people arguing about like. Do they like each other? Do they mm. not? They both had these different jobs to do. You know, Finn had to go get his friend Ray. Like, what's, what? You know, now that things are maybe settled more, they have other work. What's gonna happen? But instead, it was just nah. They didn't like immediately smooch each other's faces. Nah, I guess that's the end of that. And it was like, but, but attraction and relationships and etc. Can be much more complicated than that. And I think that so often, the public, when it comes to non-straight. Relationships and film have this all-or-nothing mentality.
2: See, it's something that comes from consuming more queer content. You yeah. see more subtext of it. Like, I watched Land of the Dead the other day, and I was talking to John about it, and there's this... Le- John Leguizamo's character, and Riley, who's the main character, there's this, this... Like, they worked on the same crew dynamic between them. But there's also these subtle hints that Leguizamo is playing where he seems like a spurned lover. Mm. And... It's something that I had w- seen the movie before. I hadn't read any context into it either, and neither had John mm-hmm. watching it before. But I'm watching it, it's like, Leguizamo looks like he's pissed for more than just what's on screen. It looks right. like this is mm-hmm. this is a dynamic he's discovered that this guy he's attracted to is not not that I, way. Legend
0: of Korra was great about
2: it.
3: Okay. I, I, in that, familiar. the
0: main cast is you know Korra and Asami and the two women, and then the brothers, Mako and Bolin. Mm-hmm. And starting from season one, there's a little love triangle-ishness between love square, I guess, between all four of them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that gets resolved pretty quickly in season one. And so for the whole rest of the show across the series, you see basically all stretches of emotion from all four of them. You see brotherly and sisterly emotions. You see romantic considerations and uncertainties. You see deep, strong, platonic friendship. And then at the very, very end of the series, and I apologize I guess for spoiling a big reveal though it's not main plot Korra and Asami ends with them holding hands as they step into a new life together mm-hmm. they get together and so for so many people that was just kaboom like where did this come from literally out of nowhere but really throughout the entirety of the show we see all kinds of emotions across and between all four of them
3: mm-hmm.
0: and so the idea that you know at least to me and some others watching the idea that they were Moving closer I saw the seeds planted throughout that last season and arguably maybe sooner mm. um, so it was you know perfectly reasonable because the idea that they might was never off the table right. you know they'd never necessarily said they were were or weren't straight or whatever but that for so many other films and TV shows and whatnot you know that time there's a lingering gaze between them and I went was thinking I wonder if they're like, they're just really good friends and becoming surrogate sisters of a sort, because that was definitely happening in some ways. Great. No problem. Don't even think about it. Second time it happens, I think...
2: Hmm, there might be something
0: there. I wonder. But for so many people, they didn't wonder at all. It right. wasn't, just wasn't gonna be anything else, right. you know. It was gonna be until they kiss and they ain't together. And that... We see that in a lot of media <laughs> for every kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Straight and non-straight and everything. But that lately, it's... It's stuck around for non-straight relationships much more firmly than it has for non-straight relationships, if that makes
2: sense. I think Tim, for me, I it was always headcanon for me that Poe was in love with Finn, right. so I like I didn't let anything on screen dispute that. And then, like at the end where Ray introduces herself, so in my head, what Poe is saying, "Oh, I know who you are, bitch, trying to take my man." That's what I see it as, like that that recognition is like. Yeah, you're the bitch I have to kill so I can be with Finn. Like that's the context yeah. I always read that line. In. But go ahead. Sorry.
1: Well, no, no, but like speaking to that scene, like that was sort of the thing. Like you know, it's like it's one thing to say like when you're when you want something to be something, and you read into a scene saying, "Oh, well, I got this out of it," and and that was sort of the thing. In the first one, I wasn't expecting the two of them to get together, but like yeah, that one scene when he sees him and he's wearing his jacket and he bites his lip, it's just like. Whoa, where's this coming from? Right. Like, oh okay. Like like that scene is what implanted that idea. Right. It was no preconceived notions. So then to not have the chemistry between the two of them, but then to see like his long his like extended gaze looking at Ray, where again, like, I wasn't expecting or wanting them to get together but be like, Okay, you're kind of being you know banging me over the head with this like okay I guess this is what you're kind of pushing for so because like you get is the it Poe looking of, at Rey or is no it's it Finn looking no, at Rey when thing he first Finn, like meets her
0: because Poe and Ray didn't meet in the first film right Yeah. yeah. so Finn wait Poe yeah
1: did I say Poe yeah, yeah it's
0: Finn spent most of his time with Ray. like Poe was his first friend but he thought he was dead so right. so Ray is the first friend who he really yeah. gets involved with in any way shape or form so of course he's glad to see her alive yeah. and well well and that's the thing too between oh, the two of Ray. them they
1: spent so much time together but I never got the, a sense of this chemistry. Like it always seemed it always very friendly, yeah. But it was always like when they would hug and when they were happy to see each other. It's like yeah, it's the way like friends are happy to see each other, right. not like you know like like you, you know you 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 hug your mom and, and your friends differently than the way you hug your significant right. other. And like, you know, I feel like you can you can see that difference in people, you know, uh, and like
2: you no,
0: know, Tim, you don't hug me differently when you hug Krista. I've <laughs> felt where those hands have gone. <laughs> well that's the thing, when they're finally
2: reunited in I love that we're talking about Star Wars, right? Yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, sure. But when they when they <laughs> hug they're finally reunited after all of this. Mm-hmm it's a platonic hug it's just yeah. like oh little sister I'm so glad you're here yeah and like yeah. don't you
1: like kiss him on the forehead at right. the end too yeah it's, it's just like
2: it's this idea that there's this this see, I don't that's
3: know that's what
0: I'm getting at about how love in film is so all or nothing right it's like oh she kissed him. not on the lips nah like and that yeah we see that in all sorts of things that if people don't yeah just that, that all or nothing commitment see <laughs> whereas they leave <laughs> a lot of wiggle room and uncertainty in a relationship really, I mean, again, everything. It's
2: frustrating every though, because with like shows like Downton Abbey and Hannibal, where everything is about a subtle look, yeah. and the audience is savvy enough to pick up on that shit. Like, for it, like, you can be more overt with it, but it's also like, if there was something else there, it would leap off screen. I think a little bit more than it did, right? Like, yeah. right, there would could be more if if that if. Ryan Johnson's idea was that Poe was attracted to Finn still. Mm-hmm. It would have come across more effectively. Yeah. Because he's a good director and he's put stuff on screen yeah. that's great. Like, like like he
1: there would have been I, I feel and it's you know my opinion that when he first <laughs> saw Finn come out there would have been more of an overpouring of I'm so relieved that you're okay not see, Hey buddy what are you argue, doing walking around See like but I would argue you know,
0: that whatever relief he felt was overshadowed by new panic of sort of Oh, my God. See, I don't buy that, though, because when... Oh, he's when, still here, when, and now we can't fight anymore. Fight him or fight... Because the ships are gone. Like, that's right after their hangar gets blown up, right? Finn stands up and is stumbling down the hallway, and they're all wondering how we're going to get out of this alive. And that's when he sees him and goes, like, I don't know what we're going to do.
2: Yeah, but he has <laughs> such an amiable way. If he was like, oh, shit, we, what do we got to do? Is like, yeah, that's so a he's different just, reaction. He's just...
0: Oh, but you know, no, no, we're going to take care of it. Hi, glad you're up. Good to see you. I, I'm going to go fix problems. Like, he's sort of putting exactly on. Exactly, like... He's putting on the face. Right. You know, doesn't see, want to let see, I don't see I don't, him that way.
1: I, I don't know that i buy that. I feel like, okay. you know, it's. I think it's... You know, again, like... Like, yes, he's a, a soldier and whatnot, but he's he's still, like, human, you know? And like, and we saw that all the time with Princess Leia in the original trilogy, we saw her starting to get feelings for Han, even though she had to do what she had to do. Right, you know, and it was there, and it was subtle. Like you're like, oh, okay. Like at first, she was just like, oh, you're a pig. But now, there's kind of something there. But it wasn't. It wasn't always a overt, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, they definitely kiss. So that's them. But, but See, like I don't
2: think it's it, it's a problem with Isaac's performance either, because the dude is a great actor. Right. Like he.
1: he well, like I said, he was playing it that way in yeah. the first in seven, and I feel like it was it was told to be avoided in the eighth. That's why it was so chill, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I'm sorry, I don't care what the fuck was was going on, but if the person I was in love with had been in a coma for however long and woke up, I wouldn't be like, oh hey buddy, back to work. It'd be like, oh my god, you're awake, like you know, like yeah. you know, it was it was. I feel like it, it definitely it felt like downplayed. It didn't feel like we've got work to do, but ah, oh, there's a part of me that wishes we had a moment, but we don't, we have to go. It was just it was more silly, like I thought. You know, like it was just kind of like like slapsticky almost in a sense. Like, oh hey, you're dripping everywhere. Do you got right. this stuff. It's like you know, it's just like, oh man, like this is this is the person you have feelings for you like like the way he's when he saw him wearing his jacket that time. Like, you know, there was shit going on, shit they had to do, but there was that moment to for that like, oh, like had this little moment of heat and then, okay, back to work, you know? And there was, there was no heat in that scene, you know? And and like I said, it wasn't like, I feel like if I, if I had wanted it to be one way and was manipulating it to be the way I wanted it to be, but it was like, Oh, Oh, we're not doing that. You know, like I feel like if I wanted them to be together through this, I still would have
2: found a way to say, yeah,
1: no, they're still together. It was like, Oh,
2: like this. (sighs) See, and that's the thing. Like I, 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 I don't know because jj is very mystery box oriented mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a box we would have ever opened you know what i'm saying like yeah. he would have laid this subtext and it might have continued but i don't know if we would have ever gotten a payoff from it and that's like we we will never know and i mean we yeah. might in in three because he's doing three.
1: Oh, or, that's right yeah and he's yeah, coming back nine. so yeah
2: some three of yet. this trilogy yeah. like, no, I know it's no, right. right. right, the yeah. third three right <laughs> <laughs> so I, I it'll be interesting to see what course corrects happen yeah. and it's just it, it's I I feel like the things that are coming are gonna be like oh these things were significant that Ryan tore down mm-hmm. so like it's it's like the snap <laughs> right it's like everybody's okay like yeah. in in many ways eight was more of a bold Choice because Ryan was like, "No, this is canon. This, this, mm. this is it. This is what's happening." Yeah. So it's it's it, it will be interesting, and I I do like that storyline. I've always liked the idea of that. I mean, even reading the novelization, there's that subtext. You feel like there's something more there than just you're the first person I've seen after this mm-hmm. trauma, and I'm escaping, and it's not. It's not like a Florence Nightingale syndrome thing. It's like mm-hmm. Poe is actually really a- attracted to like mm-hmm. y- you read that in it. So yeah. I it's it's an element of um, seven that I really liked, mm-hmm. and I guess I just because I liked it so much, I carried it over to eight and didn't really right. see it as subverting it at all. I was like, and I, I think because Finn and Ray run together and don't like have this. Wicked wet snog, like the the idea that it's just this platonic hug when they finally are re, re reunited. That that made me like, okay, they're not gonna do the the love triangle bullshit. Like I, I but they still might. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that would be an interesting love triangle. Is that Finn is in the middle of right. Poe and Ray? Yeah, I said Row. Come on, that's something I don't ship is Poe and Ray. <laughs> well, and and another part just you know
1: in general about that one that i that i felt that i sort of you know and and i don't mean this as a criticism it was just the it also didn't feel like the middle part of a trilogy it felt like the The end end, yeah yeah, between like i mean just with a bunch of stuff like like and that's the thing like empire like sure when empire came out we didn't have jedi you know
0: but the
1: ending was just like oh fuck how are they gonna fix this I felt that way about
0: about last jedi Absolutely, that we... Because at the end of Empire, Luke is fucked. And, you know, his Han is fucked. And his friends barely escape. But they make it to a rebel fleet. Because, you know, we see Luke at his hand. So yeah. now it's like, okay, we need to take what we have and consolidate and turn this around. And at the end of Last Jedi, the Resistance is fucked, but they escape. And the next step is, naturally... Take what we have and figure out how to turn this around.
1: Yeah, but like, Phasma's dead, Snoke is dead. You know, it's just Luke kind of is like, dead. yeah, it's it just, just.
2: It feels like maybe not like it feels like an ending. Maybe not like the the ending. Right. Well, of course, because they show right. the kid. and Oh, this kid's got the force, so we're gonna rebuild with right, the and Kylos around still. Like, but, yeah. like it, it and just most feels. Most of the
0: first order forces are still intact.
2: Right, and I mean, it feels desperate, and it's like this is a revolution. This is the new thing, but it feels like the chapter that was started with seven is finished Yeah, and whatever's coming in 9 is new like it's, it's yeah. like it's not shackled by where's Skywalker because Skywalker's gone about that, or who's Snoke because Snoke doesn't matter yeah.
0: right that the, whole, the whole thing with 7 felt like it was all planned out we're gonna get some this new Jedi and get Luke and we're gonna find all the heroes and save the day and so like we, we knew how that was gonna end so for last Jedi to tear all that down and say that's not how this is gonna go you need to find something, some new path to victory. That's so much potential, infinite potential to me, and that's why it feels like a beginning, so. I,
3: right? Well, that, well, that's what that, I'm saying. What yeah, it,
2: yeah. Like it's 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 like wiping the slate clean. It's like here's a new. Yeah. Well,
1: you know. just like the episode three ended, like, okay, we can't just leave this story alone. Like, fuck, the bad guys won, but it's the end of that that chunk of the story, right. and then okay, it's going to pick up later on like yeah. that's how this ended like it's like okay so the next movie's gonna be they've rounded up all these kids they're creating See, a new Jedi order because when you said it feels like force.
0: an ending my thought was Return of the Jedi yeah. where everything's all wrapped up and there are no more loose ends Last Jedi is full of loose ends I well, guess
1: I, I, mean, well, well, I mean Jedi means, still had yeah. endings I mean loose ends too because the, the Empire wasn't completely wiped out for right. good and all evil from the universe is gone
2: like, like another trilogy end that we were just talking about <laughs> in a way. Sorry, this is a conversation for not so many years. Yeah,
1: well, but, you know, and, and I guess that's, you know, that's kind of the... Yeah, like, like I mean, that's the thing. The Star Wars stories are never done. Right. But there are these kind of, like, like benchmarks of, like, okay... It felt like the end of an told, arc. Yeah, an end of an arc, where it's just, like... See, a...
0: I don't, I can't agree. I just... Because at the end of... Of three... And I guess with Episode 3, we knew it was, you know, the end of an arc. Right. But the end of 6 was also definitely the end of an arc. Because everyone even vaguely important on the one side of the fight was alive and well. And everyone even vaguely important on the Empire side of the fight was dead. And that was it. And don't not I don't mean, you know, not other people not mentioned in the film, Thrawn or whatever. There was, oh yeah, like, I guess there are still Empire forces out there. But, oh well, they'll clean them up. Like, there was nothing... That felt important about the Empire at all.
2: That's how it felt at the end of eight. Like, Snoke was dead. No, F- I, not at all.
0: Because we still have Ren and his general. Yeah,
2: but his whole philosophy has changed. He's not trying to rebuild the Empire anymore. So? He's not trying to be Vader anymore. The idea... Like, his arc has shifted dramatically. Like, yeah. the he's no longer... I, I We might just fundamentally disagree. I, we, don't we do. Anyway.
0: I mean, I, it's... That's what I mean. We do. It's that... The major players are still here and still opposed to each other, and yeah, but they're the, going to interact
2: in a way that is different from has the ever short-term come goals
0: forward. have changed, so, but the long-term goal of the resistance remains the same.
1: Well, it's just like at the end of episode three, Darth Vader and Luke are still alive, but it's the end of that chapter. You know, like we sure we still have Rey and we still have Kylo Ren, but like the next thing that happens is like. Not as far removed as 4 is from 3 because, yeah, there's a lot more time, a lot more growth in between there. But it's like, okay, here's where we leave these two main characters and we're going to start their story later on. You know, like, like yeah, that, I, you know, I mean, we still had those players left alive at the end of Episode 3, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't an ending of sorts. It wasn't an ending of an arc. And I don't know, I just like...
2: I was satisfied at the end of it. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that's the terminology I should yeah. be using. Because if that was it, I'm satisfied with that. Yeah. It it felt like a good bookend. It ended Luke's yeah. overarching it, I, no, influence. It felt like I completely the
1: rebels agree. had a big win. And there was hope for the future.
0: I, I completely agree. I think what I'm coming down on is that at the end of episode three and episode six, there are no more immediate moves to make in the chessboard test match.
2: I don't think there's immediate moves in in 8 either. I think the Resistance has to find a place to hide but they gotta wait. The idea is like right. they're not in pursuit anymore and Kylo's gonna revamp how the First Order works and the Rebels are gonna have to find a way to survive. Yeah. But that's not the next movie. Right? It's gotta be a time jump. Like that That's a theory. But the idea that the next thing is not, let's find a base. See, that's
0: what I mean. I think Kylo's change in the you know upper level bureaucratics is incidental in terms of the first order is still big and still everywhere and still something to be destroyed i think that like at the end of three and six not only did the methods they need to use change but the whole i just i'm having i'm having trouble analogyizing my thing and i can't
2: I mean, we're supposed to be talking about our favorite films anyway, <laughs> yeah. so it's like... I mean, if we just disagree, we just disagree. It felt satisfying and like the end to me and Tim. That, that's no, sure, fair. <laughs>
0: and I, but I, it felt satisfying to me too, and certainly the end of the Skywalker teller that we've held on to. I think maybe I it's, completely it's, agree It's, it's that. also
2: this yeah. idea that it was the end of speculation for me. Because after the prequels, I still had extended universe books. I still could say... At some point in the future, something cool could happen and I could... How are they going to fill in these gaps? If they ever, ever make an episode seven, will it be Grand Admiral Thrawn? Will it go in this direction? Will I have all... So all of the the lead-up, the idea of the extended universe being still a thing, and then, okay, that's old canon, now we've got new canon, it's new stuff. It, It just... It took my instincts as a Star Wars fan after Seven like who's Snoke? Who's Rey's parents? How does this go next? How the progression works? And it totally undermined all those expectations. And so it felt like an ending in that this ain't your dad's Star Wars yeah. anymore. No, I agree. And I, that, that might be... Here's another
1: parallel I discovered is that in Episode 3, 6, and 8 the the main sort of villain, which in the first two is Darth Vader, this one's Kylo, all three of them murder their their teacher. Yeah. He kills um, uh, Mace Windu in episode three, and that sort of like clinches, okay, you're moving to this dark side. And then at the end of episode six, he murders the emperor. Oh, okay, look, you've been redeemed. You move to the light side. And at the end of episode eight is when Kylo murders Snoke. So that sort of symbolic... And tries to murder you know, Luke. <laughs> yeah, right. like that symbolic, like, you know kill your father kind of thing and to become you know even and that also happened in seven too but i mean it wasn't his it was his estranged father it wasn't like that like this is supposed to be your leader no fuck you i'm doing something else you right. know it was kind of like okay like here's your your sith master oh no i'm just gonna kill him and move on and do my own thing you know so i think like like that thing happening in episode three where it's like i'm killing my jedi master becoming a sith this was why i'm killing my sith master gonna become something else after this you know that, I think, was part of what, like, like, you know, like I said, I was expecting that to happen maybe in 3, you know, like, Snoke was the main villain for this right. arc, and then is when you get the, the change of, uh, you know, the change of leadership kind of thing, you know.
2: But. Fucking Star Wars. How about that fugitive, <laughs> though? <laughs> part of my
0: issue is that I'm thinking of plot and not of era when I think ending. Okay. Because there's still plenty to happen for all these people, and especially to happen surrounding their central conflict that has been happening in the in since seven, but that, yeah, certainly as a that's part of why I loved the Last Jedi so much was that it was a we don't need to be tied by what came before. We can just maybe expand it's, in it's more direction. of a
2: conclusion to the saga as it was before. Like yeah, that, that... and
0: that and that I completely agree there. <laughs> Yeah. And that's part of why I like it so much.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you drink whiskey long enough, and you talk long enough, it becomes a debate about Star Wars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I think it's appropriate to be discussing in the realm of our our favorites, because I mean, I feel like you know, even if it's not <laughs> on Harrison that mantle, forward, it's still
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: favorite franchise of sorts. Yeah. Speaking of um, of such things, Tim. Your friend, your favorite is clearly inferior, because it's the only thing we've talked about that doesn't have Harrison Ford in it. That's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, but neither of ours have Kung Fu. <laughs> that's a good So thing. That, that's like, I've got laser swords. Well, no, there's no laser swords in the future. <laughs> what? I'm talking about so Star Wars like it's the thing. Uh, it is the only one to have Kung Fu, and I think that yeah. is... <laughs> if not a substitute at least a good stand-in yeah. a, a, a. <laughs> I suppose I could watch Kung Fu rather than Harrison Ford yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nine movies Ooh, is a lot. lot yeah
0: actually I do have a question then for usual not really to Star Wars well I mean, we'll see it I could be so answers, right? <laughs> I don't so, know how we got uh, on this arguably,
2: kick anyway arguably
0: and I our favorite films, Tim, yours and mine, have... They are franchises. You know, Blade Runner barely. Mm-hmm. Just only got a sequel, and there are those little minis. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Matrix more so. But there's a lot more that's been done surrounding them. If I had to pick a favorite film franchise, I might not pick Blade Runner, just mm-hmm. because I picked something where the franchise part was more impactful. Mm-hmm. But maybe I would. It's 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 there. Yeah. As we've mentioned, you don't really have that option Joel. No. <laughs> no. So what is your favorite larger collection of films slash other media favorite <sighs> franchise? Favorite total package? Is it Star Wars? Is it Bond? Is it Godzilla?
3: Hmm.
0: I mean you've uh, got a lot you're you're deeply invested in. I'm curious God to hear. Damn it. If, <laughs> See, and I'm
3: the if one it requires that this would be too the most much difficult. thought,
0: then that's fine. I, I don't wanna you know yeah. It, we can always talk about this another time. Yeah. Or little, are th- or what do they narrow
1: down to at least? Yeah, you know, like yeah. if you you know, like top five, top three, top ten, like.
2: And that's, I mean, I don't know. Like, the, obviously,
1: Star Wars is one. Star of them. Wars is it. It's there. in the running. And
2: it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably the thing that said the most. Like, Batman to Scott is Star Wars to me. I think that's probably like it. It's it's part of the firmament of the. The, the primordial ooze of mm-hmm. Joel is Star Wars yeah. is in there mm-hmm. like it, it's just taken as rote it like it, it, it's it's a fundamental component but like I think about Mad Max like I I, mm. I mean I don't watch it as frequently but it's a great franchise mm. and it's something that I, I enjoy but I mean can you really talk about bond or Godzilla's the, the their franchises within themselves because they have different eras and different yeah movements. Mm-hmm. I and then do you talk about the the Marvel movies? Because I mean that, and how do you break that up? Do you talk about the Iron Man segment of right, that, the or current, the, yeah, the the Captain America or the Avengers films? I, I...
1: <sighs> ooh, that's a good point. Like that's the one thing that might be in the running with the Matrix. Is that, like if you count the the current Marvel Cinematic Universe, like the ten year anniversary starting with Iron Man one. Right, you know, the span of that, and I
2: yeah. mean, like, you're gonna have at, like low points in all of those. I don't know if this is this is one I probably have to think on. Yeah,
3: that's fair. <laughs> that's I mean, entirely fair.
2: Star Wars is just it would be just a placeholder just, it, like, answer. Well, sure, mm-hmm. but I,
0: it, you know, the, the discussion we just had about Star Wars and about every piece of it is not something, frankly, not something I could do with Blade Runner. You know, it's something I could do with very few things. I, I don't think it's something I could do with Batman either, if only because Batman has broadly been less contentious.
2: Yeah, I mean, and um, if you're talking about specifically the films, there's, there's yeah, that. and it's been more thoroughly <laughs> explored. <laughs> and that in I a mean, lot of ways, Batman is the the Dark Knight trilogy or the the um, Burton into Schumacher stuff, mm-hmm. like, the
0: animated series,
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah,
2: well, that's what's tough with stuff like that too. Like, yeah,
1: like to say like Batman, it's like, yeah, well, which Batman? Right. Sure. You know, whereas like with Star Wars, yeah. it's like there are parts of it, but it's still a it's still more a consistent, consistent yes, yeah. yeah, so, you know, contained
2: universe. I think they, in a way, my answer would have been different ten years ago. I think. Yeah. Not just because like because yeah. the nature of franchise has has changed so has much. changed so much and can be so multifaceted mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I just, what, yeah. maybe see but then you have to talk about 4 which we should forget about I was going to say Indiana Jones but <laughs>
0: I, I, this is going to sound like fanboy hyperbole but I swear to you you forgot that it existed yes I got my, of the my steelbook yep. and it was the blu-rays of all the films mm-hmm. and I went through and went wow do I have two discs of special features <laughs> because I had five discs yeah. and I was I honest to god oh yeah first second Third, fourth... Oh, right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> there you now, go. You know, like, I, not, I, I, I only ever saw it the once. I, I'm going to, want to, will sit down and watch it again. Mm-hmm. I want to give it a fair shake.
2: That'd be a great cycle. You know, like I don't want a second wanna, chance cycle. Yeah.
0: Mm. I don't want to just, you know, just write it off. I'm not going to be that person, especially when I only remember little bits of it. Right. But... C J.
2: monkeys.
0: <laughs> I don't even remember what you're talking about. But... But, yeah, it... It's sort
2: of. I mean, but you also have oh, Young okay. Indiana Jones. I, ha- I have it now. Ah, please. Now continue what you were and saying. You also
0: have Young Indiana Jones. Was
2: yeah. that whole, that, I watched that some short of those. TV yeah, series, those right?
0: Yeah. There were some, actually, some pretty good video games, 1.2, which were really nice. Oh, yeah. PS2 era, mm-hmm. right? Um, Probably others. And even then,
1: I, just, I remember there was uh, a Temple of Doom video game, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there were a lot that. of video games. I think and that was for that Nintendo.
2: Was one of the arguments I heard from somebody who was a big video game Indiana Jones video game specific fan was that the aliens in four aren't all that surprising if you've read Young Indiana Jones and you've played the video game. Oh, okay. Aliens interact with him all the time, apparently. Hmm. <laughs> so that, that I mean that was my yeah. big turnoff. And I read it was CGI some some was... books,
0: some just random you know children's books yeah. that people were being allowed to write, like what happened with Star Wars for a while. Yeah. And there were some of those that were pretty supernatural, like pretty stepping over into the realm of fantasy. Right. You know?
2: I mean, when your first movie has the fucking Ark of the Covenant and there's yeah. actual yeah. ghosts and shit, That's like. That's why it. Yeah. Why did we draw the line at aliens? I don't. It yeah. just. It, yeah. There was a lot of All things. Right.
0: But anyway, that. Yeah, I'd, we've talked before about a second chance cycle, about how I would either do Sands of Iwo Jima, maybe. Yeah. Or, um, or yeah, Crystal Skull would be nice. Um, although. You know, Crystal Skull being a film that I just sort of shrugged at the first time mm-hmm. and want to watch again, so this ends up Iwo Jima being a film, my most hated film ever. Right. So I think The Second Chance might be a little more impactful there. <laughs> a little more true to the nature of the phrase. But that's something we can discuss and, and come to a conclusion on. You you got it, you said.
2: The Oceans movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. that That's great. And... and it's because even the 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 black sheep of them twelve, I love watching. Oh yeah, twelve is great because it's a great character piece. It's weird, and it's convoluted, and it's hard to follow. But when you get <laughs> Tellur calling <laughs> Danny Ocean to give him his wake up call the night before, and he shows up to Rusty, he's like, "It's the go. day of." No, it's, it's the night before. It's two a.m. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh, that's just mean. That's yeah. just mean spirited. How many <laughs> cups of espresso we've got Six. Come on, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It. I mean, I. I watch those. I, if I watch the first one, I inevitably watch two and three, and I will yeah. now watch four, eight. like eight. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's. It's. It is as much a part of that cycle and as good. It, it's. Yeah. It's so fun. That. That's the most consistent and the one that I. 'Cause that's the thing, if I watch Star Wars, eventually I'll watch the trilogy. Yeah, but it takes time. But it takes time. Whereas like <clears throat> if I watch Oceans Eleven on Monday, Tuesday, thir- or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is gonna be the rest of it. Yeah, that or like Bates.
0: when I watch Star Wars, I'm gonna want I know I've talked to this talked to you guys about this in person, maybe not on pod I'm gonna want war. Space war talked about what I wanted the Clone Wars series to be and mm-hmm. right? it wasn't you know so then I'm gonna stop watching Star Wars and I'm gonna go watch you know Yuki Kaze or something else mm-hmm. right that is just sci-fi war film or TV series or this whatever this
2: is funny it, this is kind of like right. organically melded into a situational movie recommend you. I was thinking about
0: that <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, if we should say it. but yeah but the Oceans films I just watched the Oceans films <laughs> right, right. Yeah. you know
2: Do if you, I, uh... since since Blade Runner wouldn't necessarily be yours what would be yours Scott <laughs>
0: maybe the Ocean's films I, I mean in, in keeping with the idea that watching one inspires me to watch to to, to consume the rest
2: it doesn't feel like suffering of the, the same rest, thing right? instead
0: yeah. of inspires me to jump ship to jump away right. like the way that watching Shin Godzilla makes me want to go watch Evangelion instead of another Godzilla movie <laughs> watching Shin
2: Godzilla just makes me want to restart re- Actually, Shin, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla. Fair. <laughs> entirely fair Best
0: but um I, that is a tougher question, and it might also be the Ocean's movies. Because like Bond, if I watch a Bond movie, I'll probably watch the rest of Lad Actors' movies. Right. But I won't necessarily jump to another actor. Because I a might long, watch The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Right. instead. Yeah. You know, I might jump. Um, if I watch the Batman animated series, I will probably jump into Teen Titans, which will probably jump me into Young Justice or Justice League. See, that's the thing. If I, so,
2: I want to watch one of the Dark Knight movies. It's yeah. The Dark Knight, and I don't watch Begins, and I don't watch Rises. I mean, it's
0: Begins is a little bit—it's certainly overlooked by a lot of people, no, myself it's, included. Yeah, it's They're great, but, but yes, we watch The Dark Knight. Why <laughs> you know would know. I not
2: watch Heath Ledger's Joker? Like, yeah. what, what? I, I don't know.
0: That's a tough. That's question. the thing.
2: I feel like with Rocky. Which would have been another uh, one if, in the running. If
0: the most recent Born film hadn't come out, I'd say the Born series. Yeah,
2: I could see that. And I, you liked four a lot.
0: Yes, and it did take me time. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I went, oh, "Okay," but the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And oh yeah, so see, yeah. See, that's
2: the thing with these. It's usually there's some there's one that hobbles it that ruins right. the cycle. There's something that kneecaps it for you. Maybe. Well, that's the thing. If you t- so if yeah, you talk Lord of the Rings. Does that also include The Hobbit? Even if it doesn't still not for me only because you took so long to get
0: no I only because all three of them are sort of one whole story taken together right that the individual pieces have enough enough lulls enough steps that make me go like if I if I rewatch a lord of the rings it's probably two towers but then I probably skip a third of it right you know and they're then after so that I'll That's put in the safe, third one and watch another chunk and then put in the first and watch a chunk you know what right. I mean so,
2: yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, with Rocky, you, you watch one and two and three, and then four is a long thing, and five you skip, and six is okay, and then there's Creed. <laughs> and the, like, there's always one that seems to hobble it. Right. That,
0: and even like, if that one isn't bad, it's just the one that you're not excited to watch, that right. you're just watching to step through. Die
2: Hard is the same way. Five just took a giant dub. <laughs> uh, did I tell you guys how I saw Five? Yeah. No. I mean, which which see, one
0: was that? The one in Russia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one with his son. Yeah, yeah. So
2: Zeke and I both entered a contest to go to a day long marathon of all of them in a theater, Ooh. and we both won. Wow! So we both went. We took off work and blew off school. Went and saw, and we watched one through four, and every one it was just like super hype, super hype, super hype. And then we watched five, and we were like, "This what? is so bad." <laughs> <laughs> even 4 which is like people don't like 4 as much I love 4 yeah 4 great Justin
3: Long Mm, (laughs) love Justin Long 4 was like hey
0: you guys remember Die Hard yeah like we're not gonna bother with anything too complicated just gonna take this character you love and watch him blow shit up for a while I'm like cool and we did fuck yeah but then when you said you were making 5 it was like well okay now you gotta do something more meaningful (laughs)
2: that's the thing like Rambo even like 1 and 2 great 3 why Mm. 3 is 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 rough
3: yeah
0: I th- so yeah, I think it might be the oceans films. In all honesty. Yeah. I I'll think on it more. We we should come back to this as a proper situational recommendation.
3: <laughs> 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 um, yeah.
2: oh, I still haven't said that to you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so Tim, is the Matrix trilogy that for you?
0: Um. Well, yeah, I, okay. So I mean, I, Blade Runner could be. Yeah. I know that I just I watch one and then immediately want to yeah, watch the other and immediately want to sure. watch the other but I personally I feel like only two films and one that only just happened doesn't feel franchisey enough for me
2: Right, <laughs> and was, that's Alien too right Right. Like one and two great yeah, 3 I'm,
0: even, uh, I'm yeah. even lukewarm on two if I'm being honest
2: <laughs> two is a very different thing yeah. game over man but, but yeah same. no what's yeah, we
1: well, it was, you know, it was one of those things, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like, you know, growing up, like I had Star Wars, you know, since my, and that was the thing, like, you know, the, the, the whole Star Wars versus Star Trek thing, like that was kind of, I guess not all we had, or all I was, all I was aware of, because yeah, the Bond films were a thing, right. but there weren't, I feel like the whole franchise idea hadn't blown up, you know, right. we didn't, we don't have the Lord of the Rings movies now, we didn't have Harry Potter, you know, there were way fewer franchises, you know, Godzilla, so, but like, yeah, those I weren't really aware of. So it was kind of like, well, of those two camps, I'm definitely in the Star Wars camp. But it never really, like, clicked with me to be, like, my thing the way it had with so many other people. And I always kind of felt like, okay, like, I, I like Star Wars, but it's not, it's, it's not like this world, like, I feel like I want to live in. And sort of the Matrix was the first one where that happened, where it was like, yes, this is the thing I've been waiting for right. to be my thing. And, and i think you know the whole time i still was into comic books but that you know they were such a long way from being movies when i first got into comic books when and I was it was like hit or 10. miss
2: with ones you got like yeah
1: like that was the thing like they were all ridiculous and i mean i really enjoyed like the was it like the 70s era spider-man movies where he would like shoot ropes and you know like <laughs> like they, they were cool for the times you know and it was it was fun but like um You know, it was also hard to collect stuff like that because I was young. I didn't really have much money. You didn't have the internet where you could just watch that stuff online. It's like you had to know somewhere to go physically buy that movie and beg your parents to buy that movie for you. But if it wasn't at one of the three stores they went to, they weren't going to get it for you because they didn't know how to get it, you know. Um, But then, like, yeah, definitely once they started making. you know comic book movies like starting with the x-men and the spider-man era like that definitely like drew more attention because it was like oh here's this thing that i've loved loved since i was younger that now started to make movies so if i guess if part of that too if i had to pick my favorite video like comic book franchise it would definitely yeah be like the
2: current marvel cinematic universe um because like it needlessly difficult what component of it is what i would ask like it, it, I mean, all of it.
1: it the fact that like, and, and again, part of why I'm distinguishing that from like the X Men franchise, which is its own quote unquote universe, right. or the Sam Raimi Spider Man, or the, you know, Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Right. I think it's funny that I that I pick that the that Spider Man trilogy based on the director, uh-huh. but you know, <laughs> yeah. So the Tobey Maguire Spider Man versus the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. But, you know, the one of the things I love about it is how they're all intertwined you know and and you know i know it's it's one of the things that a lot of people don't like but it's because you know like i've collected comics for so long and it's one of the things that i I feel they got right that Ang Lee tried to do is being too literal in sort of translating a comic book to the to <laughs> Let's the screen make panels. Right. Whereas <laughs> it's like no, the idea is you have these individual stories that go along, but then a big event happens that ties them all together and makes them all crash together. In terms of
0: translating a the comic onto the screen, I have to call out Scott Pilgrim and Edgar Wright. Yeah, oh that was, yeah, that was yeah. brilliantly yeah. done. Yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, but that was also set up in the comic where there was already this kind of meta yeah. half comic book half video <laughs> right. game like. So the you know the fact that when you're doing that it's like it's it's part of what, the what that. is that
0: I think it's a save point yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet coins <laughs> like that's I almost, I would have liked to see his Ant Man like that that would have been interesting like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much different it would Edgar Wright's ant-man would have been i'd I, I like to think it would be a little bit like
3: that yeah. i don't know yeah
0: i have to i just I, uh, I thought of this earlier and then forgot by the time you asked me mm-hmm. but other franchises airbender and Korra. okay That's
3: oh fair. yeah yeah i was, I thinking, was thinking
0: movie franchise not the cinematic yeah. <laughs> <Really. What? laughs> we don't speak of that <laughs> there's, there's no film within the walls here we are safe <laughs> here we are free <laughs> yeah. no all right um, oh
1: yeah, if we're talking series, yeah, that's definitely
0: oh, yeah. up there too. I, that I watch any part of it, and I want to watch the whole rest. And then when I finish whichever series I'm watching, I, I start the other one. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it, and yeah, it yeah. just oh, there you go. <laughs> I remember when I first finished Avatar, like the way I the way I referred, I was like, I, I remember telling someone, I was like, oh man, I finished Avatar, and it was good. Like Matrix, good. Like that was wow. how. That was
0: how. Oh, yeah. I just my, my, <laughs> that part, my love for you just grew massively. That's, that's my benchmark.
1: Is like I compare everything to the Matrix. How how you know like.
0: Yeah. I still think Korra gets treated a little unfairly for being. So like, with Airbender, season one wraps up pretty tightly, mm-hmm. and then season two certainly leaves some things open. But the whole show is lighter in tone than Korra, just uh, overall. Right. And because seasons two and three are only two and three, and two ends sort of like Empire did, there's this definite sense of closure. So with Korra, season one is all wrapped up neatly on a nice little bow, because they didn't necessarily, weren't going to make more. But as soon as they were, they had, we got three more. And so those other three seasons are messy and complicated, and have situations where there aren't necessarily right answers and wrong answers, but different answers. And it, and it was just such a different, you know, because as dramatic and, 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 multifaceted as airbender got it did remain a kid's show it, it kept a kept a hand on it Korra mm-hmm. let those fingers sort of slip off a little bit
3: and that yeah, made like, people
1: we're gonna have you explode your own head inside <laughs> this iron right. mask right
3: but that
0: <laughs> and that made people really upset i think mm-hmm. um and not that they had to like it or not like it you're fine you don't like it, that's no problem mm. but just that there are plenty of us who did yeah and i really did yeah and i love it as a natural evolution and then when I finished Cora, I just naturally want to go back and see the beginning and have the comforting, familiar airbender again. Yeah. And then when I finish that, I'm like, I want this to blow up and expand, Like, I go watch Korra mm-hmm. again. And it yeah. you know, constantly opens and closes, so it takes me back and forth.
2: Yeah. See, so another you know one that that's hobbled by one is, is the science of the Lambs trilogy. Mm, the film trilogy. Yeah, because then they have fucking uh, Hannibal Rising, which basically they took Tom Harris and like write a prequel... <laughs> and we won't shoot you. So <laughs> it, it's it's this terrible like explaining away Hannibal. Oh, it, it, okay. it's really frustrating and I I don't watch it cuz yeah. but like and it's another one like I really like those three films mm-hmm. and they have their ups and downs and I watch them a lot. But for and the the prequel one I never watch. Mm-hmm. Like it it's Hannibal is a perfect series.
1: I think of those movies I think
2: Red Dragon was my favorite really more yeah. so than silence yeah nice i
1: mean like i feel like it was so much more about like the mythology of of that and like with those william blake paintings is that yeah. like 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 all of that was so much more interesting than just like oh like getting into the mind of a serial killer right. you know like this like i mean i guess that's still kind of what you were doing here but it seemed like so like it always had me questioning like wait, is there something supernatural going on here? Like, is is there really, like, is he really channeling something? And, and like, I love that, that it was just, like, he, he was so, like, obsessed with these things that he was, like, drawing from the past and from these legitimate things and kind of drawing, like, when he, like, eats the painting, it's like, oh, my God, like, th- is this really a thing that, like, was in play? You know, and, like, whereas with it, it's just like, oh, yeah, he's just, like, nuts and he's, you know, killing girls because he wants to wear their skin. It's like, yeah, that, that's, that's fucked up. I get it, but, like, it, you
0: know that's what the show
1: is like really oh, yes yes okay we join will us. watch
0: that at some point We're, joel you and i are only part way through season two at the yes. time of recording yeah we need to continue
3: dude. yeah yeah join us <laughs> dude <laughs> like <laughs> okay
2: and you know red dragon they made a movie manhunter right Man, yeah you seen with Man uh, brian cox yeah i haven't seen that one also really good yeah i don't
1: know if i could see that after seeing him in super troopers be <laughs> yeah. scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's good.
2: Like it's it's he's nowhere near as looming a presence is, but he's mm-hmm. still he fucks with Will Graham's character. Mm-hmm. It, yeah,
0: the, you know the first actor I had that experience with where I had trouble accepting them in a role because of how used to them I was mm-hmm. was Steve Carell in a film called The Way Way Back. Yeah yeah, which I oh, okay. which I love yeah. and we should watch at some point. Mm-hmm. In that he's a not funny at all. Mm-hmm. The film has comedy, but it's more subtle and it's. Not ever centered around Steve Carell, mm-hmm. so I kept waiting for him to crack a joke, and he didn't. Yeah. And, uh, and then, as it turns out, not a very nice guy not at, at all. all. Oh right. And I just—it took me most of the film to like s- turn that switch. Yeah. You know.
2: See, for me, it was John Lithgow, because I had only ever seen him in Third Rock from the Sun, oh, God, where he plays oh. this ridiculous professor yeah. who's actually an alien. Yeah. And then I saw Cliffhanger, and he's a bad, bad man. And mm-hmm. then I watched him in Dexter. And he's a bad, bad man. Yeah. Like, classically I, trained actor. He's outstanding. He's really funny, yeah. too. Like, that's, that's...
0: I need to credit Tarantino, though, for preventing me from having that problem with Christoph Waltz. Because mm. the first film I ever saw Christoph Waltz in was Inglorious Bastards. Right. Oh, that opening. And then the second film I ever saw him in was Django Unchained. And he was great and happy and upbeat. Boom. Done. Fixed. Yeah. And now, no matter what else I see him in, whether it's uh, Spectre... Or, you know, anything. else. Great. Done. Got it. I don't know. He just slips into the role for me. So, thank you, Mr. Tarantino, for, uh, for
2: helping me with that. Thank you and <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to curse in, in reference to him because oh, yeah. it's Tarantino. Fucking thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, yeah.
2: What but, a couple of months this has been. <laughs> God, this has been difficult. Yeah. this is why the whiskey came out on this one it's just that like just, so yeah. many films yeah oh
1: it's not done yet we still have to podcast tomorrow <laughs> <laughs>
2: that'll be all right we'll be good we'll be reinvigorated
0: right uh, okay. by- so yeah. tomorrow we are recording the first episode of 2019 Ooh, the January 2019 tomorrow episode we. we uh it is also the first episode of our sixth cycle yes if sir. i'm not mistaken six wow. Sixth.
2: episode 15 God, we haven't killed each other yet. This is great. (laughs) we got some real momentum going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We also haven't tried to enter into a three-way marriage yet. That's true. I mean, we'll we'll call it... Guys. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's what's in your backpack. Okay. (laughs) Mine's just full of nacho cheese. <laughs> That's why I love you most. I the chips. <laughs> 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 ha, suck
1: oh, it, Tim. It's like that. <laughs> oh, no, I keep okay. seeing this article <laughs> pop up that says, there's a such thing as a male engagement ring. It's called a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every time I see that, I think of YouTube.
2: That's so perfect. <laughs> oh. But, um, <laughs> so, that that I think means, it's a GQ article. That, that makes we should me so, so happy. <laughs> so, what,
0: can please join us as we continue to deepen our love and hatred for each other with that first episode. So at episode 16, Joel, this is back to normal cycle. There's no theme. We're just going to pick stuff. Joel, you are bringing us. We're
1: cutting that shit
0: out. out. <laughs> not necessarily forever. As you mentioned earlier in this particular episode, we might do a second chance cycle or something like that. Yeah. They just, much like our favorites cycle, would be a set of normally scheduled episodes mm-hmm. that link together. Um, we mentioned we're probably not going to suddenly add six more episodes to record in a three month span. Yeah. Nope. Um, that's, that's a lot Tim Sorry <laughs> I, mean, I take full of responsibility I mean we, we went along with it We, <laughs> we eyes bear bigger our
1: voices
2: yeah. So. <laughs> but
0: yes so Joel You are bringing us Bronson Bronson Yes starring Tom Hardy Yes Yes I We talked more in detail about it At the end of the Matrix episode yeah. But uh, give us a little bit
2: I, This is the movie I thought of when we talked about starting the podcast, mm-hmm. this is the one that I've been sitting on. and You, are, you would be—we're glad
0: to get up to make us sit through, as it were.
2: Well, no, it's not that people not, don't not like through. it, but it, yeah, the thing that you needed
0: to get us in the room for. Yeah,
2: it's—it's it's yeah. one that no everybody's heard of it, but nobody's seen it. And I heard about it, and like two weeks later, I watched it, and then I watched it again. Like it, <laughs> it just—it's so. I it's it's art it's arty it's a great performance it's a really interesting story and it 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 has to be experienced that's all i'm gonna give you yeah
0: cool all right sounds good experienced i'm looking forward to it very looking forward to it
2: and i i actually before we started in with (laughs) all of the the marathoning and doing the, the the themed ones i had watched it so i could Fresh it up. Fresh it in my mind, and then this time I can write furious notes and not have to watch it again. So it's all yeah. fresh in my head. So I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for this one. <laughs> all right. Sounds good.
0: We're both very much looking
2: forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready so, to have again.
0: sort of a yeah, like a pellet cleanser
2: Pilot. of like,
1: uh, okay, we didn't you know, the Halloween and the and it's just like okay, let's just watch a movie yep. and talk about
2: it. No, be great. Tis <laughs> a movie devoid of Christmas cheer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds great.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, both of you, for suffering through this season with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of me. Uh, all, we, all of us. So. It was yeah. fun. Like it, yeah, it, it, it was. It was tough, but it was fun.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> but it's done. It's, it's over. over. It's yeah. over. <laughs> no, enough. It's over.
2: Oh, you also hear the next episode will be um, the debut of Tim's orchestral version of the theme. Oh, that's right. Uh, which, which I still otherwise... have to write.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought it didn't. You we used it in the the sort of intro teaser episode where we explained... No, no he that was... was doing a different
1: version. Yeah. Oh, I I'm was doing I was not This is a fresh yeah. So take. since I'm not going to be doing custom themes yeah, he's, anymore, he's
0: not going to be theming the music based on the film we watch. Right. We're going to have one. It's going to be our standard. And it's good, but
1: it's going to be sort of yeah better than the original one, you know, mm-hmm. so that it's more. Um, you know instead of just sort of backing off to the old theme it's going to at least be a new theme to launch forward you know and since we have to listen to the same theme for every time i'm going to try to make it sort of short and sweet you know very kind of you know i want it to be kind of exciting kind of just really like boom here's this theme like like you know the theme here's a very ideally very coolly dressed up that still has like a quote-unquote film score vibe you know Mm -hmm. um and just kind of you know so we can kind of like okay get into it here's the theme and podcast go so we'll see how that goes i still have to write it
3: (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right looking forward to that too absolutely thank you all right thank you both for joining me today for this uh our final recap it was a good one, actually. Yeah, yeah it felt good. It it it, it's did. almost yeah. making me doubt ending the recap. So. <laughs> almost.
2: Well, I think because we had nine films to draw yeah. on, and, yeah. Like we plus Star Wars for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> always a reason for Star Wars. Too. Um,
0: no, yeah, certainly. So, thank thank you both, uh, listeners. If you're still there after our one of our lengthier episodes yeah. in recent memory. This is the
2: longest, um, yeah, ever what did you say?
0: Oh, yeah. wow. it's a good well, way, way to so. end the year with it. A good way to end the year. and A good way yeah. to end the recaps. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope to see you in 2019. Woo! Bye. Bye. See ya. Hey, listeners. We appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes. If you'd like to check us out there, I'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds that Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at NerdsThatGeek.com. Or if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore W underscore Murray.
2: And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Joel T one And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard and on
3: Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more.